Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of The Command Zone. I'm your host, Jimmy Wong. I'm Josh Lee Kwai. How's it? And today we have a very fun episode. We have a couple of very fun episodes coming up because Commander 2014 is around the corner. Woohoo! Yeah, so this Friday... This is awesome. Yeah, this Friday it's coming out. Five different monocolored decks. They pretty much all have been spoiled now. You can check out all the uh, spoilers on the Wizards website. We'll have a link below. And uh, we're going to do a small series where we talk about just the decks, uh, what we think about them, what they're trying to do, and what we would also remove, and what the best cards are, and what we would replace them with if you want to upgrade. Yeah, it's a lot of cards between the five decks. We talked about it. It's probably too much to try and cover them all in one episode, so oh, we're going to split no. it up. <laughs> yeah. Unless you guys want like six hour long, limited resources style, <laughs> set review <laughs> stuff. No, my voice can't actually handle that. Yeah. So, yeah. We are... Starting off today with the color black, which is pretty sweet. So We uh, haven't talked about black before, and we, we haven't, haven't talked about black that much overall, I feel like. I feel like it's probably the least played color between us two I'm sorry, black. We have neglected you. Yeah. Craig would have something to say about that. Um, but uh, So the basic premise of the commander decks, if you don't know, is that they have planeswalkers that can be your commander, which is really exciting. Um, and so each of the decks has one planeswalker attached to it, as well as a couple of other legendary creatures in there, uh, similar to the other commander decks that you could use as a commander as well. Yeah, they basically followed the same format from before, which is they have three options for who your commander could be within the pre-built deck. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is the planeswalker, and then each other one has two other legendary creatures. So you can sort of choose which one you want to be the front man for your yeah. deck. Um, so we're going to talk about each of those. Uh, well, to start off, do we want to talk about... Let's just talk about the black deck, how sure. it's built, um, what it looks like they it's going to play like, you know, what the themes of it are. Mm-hmm. I did a quick sort of statistical breakdown. This is no by no means comprehensive. and But it's no- actually nice to see these numbers. Seeing When you type this out and send it to me, I was like, wow, this actually helps me view sort of what the deck wants in general, which is nice. Yeah, and, and my numbers may be a little off. I mean, you know, I, I just did it quickly. But so I, I made some categories, and then I sort of looked at how many cards in the pre-built deck fit into each category. So, for example, in the black deck, uh, there are about five uh, wrath slash mass removal effects. Yes, like Black Sun Zenith is one of them. Yep. Uh, There are about five single target kill spells. Uh, 
Um, so that's, you know... Tragic slip. Yeah, exactly. Um, there are about 11 uh, cards that give ramp. Interesting. Uh, there are about eight cards that give card draw. And as as I, if you've listened to the show much, you know we've talked about ramp and card draw. I think those are the two most important things that every EDH deck wants. Yeah. And definitely. Wizards evidently agrees because there's a lot of both of those. Yeah, they're um, actually the highest number of all the other cards. Yeah. And and you'll notice in the green they are too. So I think mm-hmm. that's going to be a, a reoccurring theme through all these decks is that, yeah. you know, well, Wizards, they're smart magic people. So I think they see the same thing, which is like in EDH you're trying to do big broken stuff and you need card draw so that you can have stuff yeah. to do. Yeah. Also, you definitely need ramp in any kind of monocolored deck. So the um, the other category that is sort of more black specific, or other categories, uh, graveyard recursion. Mm-hmm. There's about six cards that uh, sort of pull things back from your graveyard, or or make it good to have things in your graveyard. Then there's um, a category I called benefit when your own creature dies. So uh. your creature dies, and then something good happens for you. There's about eight cards that do that. And That's then a very black effect, by yes, the way. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And then there's um, about five sack outlets. We've talked about those in the past. They're very strong. Uh, and then 187 creatures, which are creatures that come into play and then murder something. <laughs> uh, there's three of those. So those can also be sort of counted as single target removal. Yes, definitely. So looking at this list, um, and if you're watching the video, you'll see uh, the categories and, and how many um, are up. But the big numbers that come out at me are uh, Benefit When Your Creature Dies yeah. and Graveyard Recursion. Mm-hmm. There was both uh, a number of, of cards in each category. There were six and eight, respectively. So it looks like the deck wants to reoccur your graveyard, send your own things to your graveyard, and, and make that beneficial for you. Yeah. So that, that looks like a very big theme of, of what this deck wants to do. So just moving forward when you're sort of choosing who you want, which of the three... Uh, uh, legendaries you want to be the commander that will help you decide those things and it's also going to help inform us like what cards we might take out because right. they're not fitting into that theme and then what cards we might add in because they they actually push that theme forward more yeah definitely um yeah black's all about sort of benefiting off of death if that makes sense so you can view your graveyard almost as a second deck in a way because yeah. there's lots of ways to interact with that creatures back uh, put them on the battlefield, or, or or even steal creatures from other people's graveyards. So it definitely seems like if we're trying to think of what the win conditions are, I think it's it's uh, definitely be able to control the board in a bit, being able to remove stuff on a whim with your either your mass removal or your single target kill spells or your one eight seven guys, um, and then just get a lot of value off of your own creatures dying or your other opponent's creatures dying, and then find finding a way to make that value turn that value into a game win. Yeah, it's really an attrition war, it feels like. It's yeah. like you're going to get more value out of your cards because you're going to play a creature and they're going to uh, do stuff. And then when your creature dies, like when they finally kill it, you're actually going to get benefit from that. Right. And right. so, yeah, that's kind of, it's kind of feels like how this deck's going to play. Um, do we want to talk about the commanders? You yeah, let's, let's go through the three commanders in the deck. Uh, the first one is, of course, the big bad planeswalker. It's Obnixilis of the Black Oath. It's Obnixilis before he is risen, He's chained not down, un- sh- un- unplugged. unshackled, <laughs> unplugged. It's He's... not the acoustic set. No, it's not the acoustic Obnixilis. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he is three in the uh, three in black, black. So he's five total for a uh, planeswalker that comes down with three loyalty counters. Uh, his plus two. Each opponent loses one life. You gain life equal to the life lost this way. A minus two, put a 5-5 five, five black demon creature token with flying onto the battlefield. You lose two life. And is minus eight. You get an emblem with one in the black, 
sacrifice a creature, you gain X life and draw X cards, where X is the sacrifice creature's power. Woof. Yeah, that's a lot of stuff. So the first one is like a mini uh, siphon life. Siphon life, or, or, siphon yeah, soul ev- or whatever. Siphon yeah. soul where everybody in the game loses life except you and you gain that much life. The second one, you put a 5-5 five, five flying dude out and you lose two life. And the last one is you sacrifice your own dude and draw cards and equal gain life. to its power and you gain that much life. Yeah. yeah. So I'm actually not too stoked on this guy, honestly. You know, he's pretty underwhelming, I got to admit. Yeah. Because um, here's the thing. The first ability, if you're playing a one-on-one game, terrible. If you're Horrible. playing a four-player even game, a three-player not game, even that not good. good. Even yeah. a four-player game. It, I mean, I could see it being more effective in a lot of other ways, but Planeswalker is one of the most important things they need to do is be able to protect themselves, mm-hmm. and his minus two does do that, but it puts him at one loyalty counter, so so many things can just kill him at that point. Any damage that's done to a player, if it's one damage, can be redirected to him, and he's just dead. Also, like, if somebody just has a couple of creatures, like you put out one creature, or like, the problem is, if you've got a Planeswalker at one uh, loyalty, yeah, and you're playing against like three or four other players. Like somebody's gonna be able to do one damage to it, yeah. You know, it's and they will because it's just like, well, let's just get that planeswalker off the table. Like people don't like planeswalkers like hanging around if if they can help it. Yeah, exactly. Especially if it's going towards his ultimate, which is yeah. pretty insane. I feel like the planeswalkers as generals, you really want their plus ability to be the thing that's really you know you want to do most of mm-hmm. the time because you want to be ticking up towards that ultimate too. Yeah, definitely. His ultimate is strong. His ultimate's pretty good. I just feel like you're just never gonna get there. Yeah, and yeah. ultimate. Ultimately, too, his ultimate seems like it could also exist on another card that isn't, you don't need to have four It does exist on another there. card. Uh, we'll talk about it a little later, but Infernal Offering has a version of, of his ultimate on it. It's a one-time only, but, right. you know. I mean... <laughs> I mean, the good thing about getting the, the emblem is that you can do it often. Often, yeah. But and you do want sack outlets, and you do want to draw cards. Like, the, the ultimate's great. You just yeah. can't play a Planeswalker thinking, like, I only want the ultimate on this card, because it's just how often are you even going to be able to ultimate Yeah, and he comes down at three, you'd have to plus him... Twice, no, three, three times. times. To and get then on the up. fourth and turn. the fourth turn, you'll be able to use it. So, like, logistically, you have to look at the card and be like, can I play this and have him not die to any kind of removal? In four turns. In four turns, yeah, yeah. in the multiplayer game. So and, it's, and the thing with a Planeswalker is once you get, like, one turn away from being able to ultimate, oh, yeah, it's every player is just like, well, we got to at least hit that thing because yeah. we don't want the ultimate to go off. So, you know, all of a sudden, you're just painting a target on yourself every yeah. turn that you tick him up. In Commander, if there's one thing people can agree on, it's that a Planeswalker needs to die before it affects the entire board. Yeah, before it ultimates, like yeah. most of the time. Yeah, exactly. There's a couple of Planeswalkers, I think, where Doesn't people don't care. They're like, yeah. that ultimate sucks. But <laughs> 90% of the Planeswalkers, nobody wants you to ultimate it. Yeah. Let's talk about the other two legendary creatures. The first is Drana, Calastria, Blood Chief. It's three and two black again. All of the uh, legendary creatures all cost the same, so five total. Uh, it's a 4-4 legendary creature vampire shaman with flying. It has an ability X black black. Target creature gets minus zero minus X until end of turn, and Drana Calastria Blood Chief gets plus X plus zero until end of turn. So okay. it's a it's very targeted Voltron-y. removal on yeah. a stick. It's a powerful card. Yeah, and it's a uh, it, it it would speak to a deck that wants to pump her up and get her in for twenty one commander damage. I yes, think. yes, and when there is some ramp in this, we'll talk about that later. Also, yes. I just think. Uh, the deck as built, as constituted, just doesn't have enough stuff right now to make her totally broken, but she can be. If, you're, yeah. if your deck is very ramp-specific... And built can, around her. Yeah, you can put her out and then, boom, kill somebody. That, yeah. that can definitely happen. Yeah, definitely. She's a, she's a strong card. Yeah. Um, the third uh, commander is Ghoul Caller Gisa. Gisa? Gisa. I think it's Gisa. It's gotta be Gisa. Girl's I'm not sister, gonna say right? Gisa. I think she's from Innistrad is when her lore... Yeah, that 
or she was mentioned. From. Yeah, she's she, she. We never saw her until now, right? Ah, oh, yes. So she is three and two black, same as the others. Legendary creature, human wizard, a three four. She has an ability: pay one black and tap her. Sacrifice another creature. Put X two two black zombie creature tokens onto the battlefield, where X is the sacrifice creature's power. Ooh, this is a powerful effect. That's you very think powerful. you can think of it as doubling the amount of power that any one creature is giving you, right? Because if mm. a creature has two power, right. you put out two two twos, and that's now four power that you have. Right, right. If a creature has six power, you put out six two twos, and that's now twelve power that you have. It's also spread out, mm-hmm. which I think in commander, like going wide, is a little bit better unless you have trample because right. they can always just chump. Uh, you know, most most mm-hmm. decks are built to be able to handle a one big creature unless it's got unblockable or intimidate or something. Right. So the the way to get around that a lot of times is like they have a way to deal with two big creatures coming at them, but do they have a way to deal with 20 small creatures coming at them? Yep, yep. So, and, and some more decks are probably built that way now because a lot of token decks are, are, yeah. are big, but this is a very powerful effect. I think given what the black deck wants to do, this is actually the best uh, choice for the front man for the or front woman, as it were, for yeah. the deck. Yeah. Agreed. A lot of people are going to play Obnixilis when they play the black deck because they're going to be like, ooh, I can play a Planeswalker as the mm-hmm. commander. But I think uh, Gisa is actually going to be a stronger choice. Yeah, not to mention just the flexibility she has, too, because so many creatures have uh, benefits when they die, specifically. Mm-hmm. So you want to be sacking things, and having a sacrifice outlet on the commander is very imp- just powerful. Like, look at Prosh, yep. for yep. instance. The fact that he can sacrifice things is one of the reasons he gets broken. Yep. I think one of the downsides is she can only sack one creature per turn because of the right, tap she ability. Has to tap, yeah. It's still strong. And like you said, yeah. So a lot of times what you're going to do is you're going to put a creature out. You're going to do something with it. Then you're going to sack it to Gisa. She's going to make a bunch of zombies. And when you sacrifice that guy, something good will happen to you. Like you'll draw cards or everybody yeah. will have to sacrifice their own creature. Or, or we'll, we'll go through some cards that, that do some stuff like that. So uh, that going forward, I, I would recommend Gisa as the front man for this deck, yeah. for the pre-con. Yeah. Okay, cool. So also another thing that all of the commander decks have are they uh, have two cycles, and one of them is the lieutenant cycle. We'll talk about that in a sec. And then the sort of, we're calling it the group hug cycle, or the one that forces interaction between you and other players. Um, I really like both of these. I'm super glad that Wizards is building this into commander as well. because I It's think cool. It, They're creating new mechanics for yeah. commander. That's just great. It's just great, yeah. So the first is Demon of Wailing Agonies. Uh, it's three and two black again for a four-four flying creature demon, and he has Lieutenant, which is the new keyword. Um, and they all start off with the same words: as long as you control your commander, which means your commander is in play, I believe, and also on yep. your control. So it's not been uh, control magic; it's not been stolen away by something. Oh man, who would do that? I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so as long as you control your commander, Demon of Wailing Agonies gets plus two, plus two, and has whenever this creature deals combat damage to a player, that player sacrifices a creature. Hmm. Powerful, nice. It's a powerful effect. Yeah, uh, um, and it's cool because it makes him bigger. It, it gives you a reason to use him to attack. So it's doing a lot of things. It's forcing you to want to attack someone to make them sacrifice yep. stuff, and it's also making him bigger so you can actually do some significant amount of damage, and it's hard for people to block. I think this card is okay. I don't think it's really strong. Well, some yeah. of the other It's definitely not the best lieutenant. Yeah, some of the other lieutenants give all your creatures stuff, mm-hmm. and it seems a little bit unfair that this guy doesn't do that. He does sort of conditionally kill one of their creatures. I don't know. It feels like okay. It's definitely nothing against a token deck though. Yeah, and there's going to be know. a lot of decks where they're like they don't care. They're going to lose one creature. Or they're just going to block it, or they're going to have some way to neutralize one guy coming yeah. at them. I think my one of my least favorite keywords is when this creature does combat damage yeah. to a player. 
because it's like ugh, it's so easy just to chump block something and stop a really powerful effect from happening. I think if this was like if it does combat to damage to a player, you draw a couple of cards. It could be good too because right. sometimes what you look you look around the table and somebody's got no creatures and you're like I'll just hit you and I'll get this effect. Yeah. Well, this effect doesn't do anything to somebody with no creatures. Yeah, exactly. Because they don't have a creature to sacrifice, so it just yeah. did six damage, which. In Commander is like, it's okay, but it's... It's like you just slightly slap them across you, the you face. You have to hit them seven <laughs> times for that to kill them. Yeah, so yeah. I think this guy's... He's fine. I'm not saying you take him out necessarily, although I would put him on the list of things that eventually, if you're working on this deck, tuning it, you, yeah, you, I think he, he could be taken out. Yeah, I, th- I mean, five for a four four that could be a six six with Flyer. upside is not bad. You yeah. know, it's not it's not bad at all, but you know, it's this is Commander. There are a lot of... Uh, you can literally find cards effects. that, like, this wins the game if I untap with it, <laughs> yeah. and this guy's not that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the other cycle is the, yeah, it's the group hug or the offering cycle, and uh, the black one is called Infernal Offering. It costs four to black. It's a sorcery. It says, choose an opponent. You and that player each sacrifice a creature. Each player who sacrificed a creature this way draws two cards. Sweet. Then, choose an opponent. This doesn't have to be the same opponent. Return a creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. Then that player returns a creature card from his or her graveyard to the battlefield. So you each get to do the same sacrifice something and then draw uh, two cards. And then you and either the same opponent or you and a different opponent get to return a creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. So if you did it to the same guy both times, you can like sack a guy, bring that guy back. Back. Yep. And draw, and and the outcome was you both drew two cards. Yeah. Or you can say you sack a guy, draw two cards, but you don't get that guy back. I'm going to let this other player get a creature card out of his graveyard. Yeah, yeah. So I would love the interaction where it's like, hey, you haven't entered the battlefield effect that destroys enchantments or whatever. I need that back to get rid of this. Do you also want to draw two cards? <laughs> yeah, you can trade and barter with it. Yeah, That's you can the trade fun and stuff. Barter about with it. Yeah, group hug. Yeah, you um, can also find a player you know, that's got a lot of cards in hand already, so you don't care if he draws two more. And another player who has no creature cards in his graveyard, so you don't care if he gets one out. Yeah, and you exactly. can basically, like, mitigate the upside for both the other people, yeah. but you get both upside yourself. Yeah, I love the offering cycle. I think it's great. There's so many different ways to use it. I love that this one interacts with itself, essentially. That yeah. You could just do it to the same person, and it feels like there's no effect, but for five mana, you either get double triggers of an enter the battlefield effect or whatever. You could also use it to really backstab someone. We're like, hey, you know, let's do this. You sacrifice it, you can bring it back and be like, and someone else gets to bring it back. (laughs) Yeah, that's interesting. I don't know what the ruling is. When you cast this, you probably have to name both of your opponents, but which which opponents, I'm assuming, or is it upon resolution? I don't know. I I feel like we might need a judge ruling. Yeah, we need a judge ruling. How you stack these effects. Does one go off and then the other? Do they both go off at the same time? Yeah. I'm not sure, but it's very fun either way. I'm 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 super excited to see what this does to the playgroup. It's cool because it pushes interaction between social interaction, yeah. political interaction. They're they're doing that more um, with cards for Commander, which is great because that's really what the format's about. Yeah, definitely. Okay, cool. so now let's talk about what we think are some of the best cards. Yes, uh, that come in the deck. So, and there are a lot of them for sure. Yeah, there are two that I think are very similar. So I'll mention them together. One okay. is Cryptgast, and the other is Megus of the Coffers. Right. Cryptgast is. Uh, a 2-2 spirit for three to black. It has extort. Um, extort is when you cast a spell, you can pay either an additional black or white, in this case black, and each opponent loses one life and you gain that much life. Uh, so which it's very you, similar to Obnixilis's plus one. Yes, exactly. It's just every time you cast a spell, you can just play one, pay one extra mana, yeah. one extra black, and, and do that, which is very powerful um, in Commander because you're often in multiplayers. But that's not actually the reason why I would put this under best cards. It's yeah. because... Uh, Crypt Gas also says whenever you tap a swamp for mana, 
add an additional black to your mana pool. So it, Ooh, amazing. In, a, in a mono black deck, it basically doubles your mana. You might have a yep. couple land cards that aren't swamps, but you know, 90% of your land are going to be swamps, which means they all tap for two mana now. Yeah, which is super good. Oh super good. I mean, there are cards like uh, Cage Sun or a bunch yep. of other cards that do this but aren't necessarily just for you. Uh, yep. Black has a few of these cards, and we'll talk about a couple more later, but Magus of the Coffers does something very similar. What's four in the black for a 4-4. Four, four. Uh, you can pay two and tap him, and you add black to your mana pool for each swamp you control. So with these two cards down, you can essentially nearly triple your mana. Yeah, you can you can you can get a big burst of mana, but you yeah. can re, you can do this every turn. Yeah, uh, and then you can do things like Drana, who we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. You know, she depending on how much mana you have, she grows and kills something. So you can like with these two cards out, you can pretty easily make Drana like a lethal threat. Yeah, if she's not to commander. mention you can also just plug different creatures. You can do it to multi because you can activate your on multiple times for different amounts depending yep. on if you have 30 Yeah, mana, you can just start you know. gunning down. Boom boom boom. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um also like there's just some big, you know, commanders about big effects. So a lot of mm-hmm. times you're just like I just need 12 mana so I can do these two things. Right. And you know, that'll basically win me the game and these cards allow you to do it. So yeah, so I, I black definitely has a few effects like this. I think it's very important to the deck, um, and these are definitely some of the best cards in the deck for it. Yeah, um, these have sort of historically been just must-have cards in mono black decks. Yeah, so definitely. It, of course, they put them in here, and don't take them out. They're awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so let's talk about some other cards. Flesh Carver, I really like this guy. He's yeah, he's this is one very of the new efficient. guys. Yeah, so it's two in the black for a 2-2 human wizard, and for one in the black without tapping him, you can sacrifice a creature. Just that right there says this card could be very good. Yep. Put two plus one plus one counters on flesh cover. Okay. So every creature you sacrifice to him, he he grows by plus two plus two. Not bad. Not to mention you could do it at instant speed. So let's say you chump block. Yep. Or like, they well, go to remove in. your guy. Yeah. You're like, well, I'm going to sack him before you can do anything. Yeah. Uh, especially with all this mana I have. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and when flesh carver dies, put an XX black horror creature onto the token on the battlefield where X is flesh carver's power. So, so you great. sacrifice like three creatures to him. He's an 8-8. Eight, eight, then something happens and he dies and you get an 8-8. Eight, eight. Yeah. Yeah. Which is awesome because A, you can sacrifice himself to himself. It says sacrifice a creature, not yep, another creature. True. So if they were going to kill it. Yeah. Two, this is a game where board wipes are always very present. And this is a, almost a free recovery from a board wipe. Because when he dies, uh, everything else gets wiped. And now you have this giant creature that you can do stuff with. Also, think about him in conjunction with Gisa. So you actually tap right. a black and her to sacrifice him. You get your 8-8 eight, eight from him. And then she actually puts... Uh, Eight, eight two-twos. two-twos out. So wow. now you just... It's, it was almost like a doubling season when yeah. used with her. It's not bad. Yeah. So I, that's why I think he's actually uh, really good is, yeah. like you said, protection from board wipe, but also in conjunction with Gisa, he's very powerful. And then if you can recur him, put him back out on the battlefield, just do oh, that again, yeah. which we know the deck has a lot of graveyard recursion. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's just got a lot of synergy with what the deck wants to do. So I think yeah. he's particularly powerful uh, yeah. in, in this in this build. And he's a sack outlet. Can never deny the power. We of talk about it all outlets. the time. Yeah. It's just even ha- just being able to sacrifice something for no effect yeah. is useful. Yeah. Jumping ahead, another card that's similar uh, is called Spoilers of Blood, which is for a single black. It's an instant, and you can put an XX black horror creature token on the battlefield where X is the number of creatures that died this turn. So it's also for one black too. It's just like it's an instant. You can do it at the end of someone's turn when someone board wipes. Yep. Or you can do it in conjunction with Gisa and Flesh Carver and things that are sacrificed. It's just like it's such a cheap way to get something a big effect out of something. Well, it's great protection. Let's say you did that scenario we were talking about. So you use Gisa on the Flesh Carver and you make an 8-8 and then 8-2-2s. And then it comes to the next player's turn 
and they say, oh, by the way, you can do that on somebody's end step, so yeah. they have virtual haste. But then somebody's faded retributions, which is an instant speed wrath of God. And you go, okay, spoils of blood. And now I put a, what is that, 24-24 uh, creature out. Yeah, it's just giant creature. I mean, it's also because it's every creature that died that turn. Yeah. So it's like... Oh, it'd be bigger, too, because yeah. Gisa would have to be out and whatever else you've got. And yeah. whatever else anyone else has out, yeah. too. So someone's running like an overrun token deck, you can, you get the biggest creature in the world. And if one player just can't get a creature out that next turn, I mean, you can pretty much kill someone with spoils of blood. Yeah, it's um, good to have protection from board wipes because yeah. it's they're just so rampant in the form, format of EDH that yeah. having a couple cards that somebody goes, oh, good, I saved I save myself, I board wipe, and you're like, no, you didn't. I yeah. get that, you know, I, I still have stuff. Yeah, and like Josh said, it's really important to be able to do stuff after a board wipe, whether or not you're the one initiating it. And if you're able to do it on someone good else's point. turn and you're giving virtual haste to the creature because it's at their end step, then that's great. That's tons of value. And especially if, like, a verse spell that's one black or, you know, for ghoul color geese, it just takes, you know, one black to tap as well. And same with flesh carver, it's one in the black, so... But even if you use one of your own board wipes, yeah, and then on that same turn you just go okay, and all spoils of blood after that. You just need one additional mana. Yeah. So yeah, that's a really good point. Um, let's talk like about it. some of the bad cards, the cards that we think are not good in this precon, and yeah. that we might take out. Um, one I really don't like is called Aether Snap. <laughs> it's three and two black for a sorcery. It says remove all counters from all permanents and exile all tokens. Exiling a token. I mean, listen, li <laughs> listen. if this was instant speed, it'd be way better. Yeah, definitely. It might even be playable, although I'm still not sure. But the problem with exiling all tokens at sorcery speed is that so often the tokens are... Somebody goes, boom, I make 100 tokens. Yeah. And they, their deck is also built to use them right then. Because they know, if I say make 100 tokens past turn... There's no way 100 tokens are living till my next turn. Yeah, or so everyone's going to do their best to get rid of them. Yeah, so I have to build it so that I have anger in my graveyard, which gives all my stuff haste, or I have yeah. something else, some way to use all those tokens right now. Otherwise, I'm just not going to make my 100 tokens yet. Yeah, not to mention if it's like a deck like Prosh, they'll be like, oh, you want to do something? Well, I'm just going to Goblin Bombard you for 100 as you cast Aether Snap. Exactly. So like, oh. they're just built. <laughs> we talked about this in the, in the, in the episode with Matt Arnold, and... Uh, he talked about how, you know, making a bunch of tokens, he saw them as currency, and then he right. wanted a bunch of cards that spend that currency. That's how most token decks are built. And so they're just going to spend their currency, and yeah. you're going to have basically either, best case scenario is no effect from your Aether Snap, but worst case scenario probably is, like, you'll still die. Yeah. It's, and it's remove also... all counters from all permits. That's, like, kill all Planeswalkers, yeah. is what that says. Um, which is fine, and it's probably going to be a little bit better in a world where people are playing uh, Planeswalkers as commanders. Yeah. But, but keep in mind, this is also your own Planeswalker as well, if yours is out. Yeah, true. And you you don't have a Planeswalker. You have Gisa. And some of these decks, they won't be running their Planeswalker. It does nothing. A lot yeah. of times, remove all counters from all permanents. Imagine if someone had Dark nothing. Depths out. You just give them a giant creature, too. <laughs> yep. So um, I just don't think this card, there's just going to be a lot of times. Yeah. It's, it's very conditional. That, yeah, it's not that it never does anything. If you it's could just, have a sideboard for Commander, I'd throw this in there. And if you know your meta really well. Yeah then this can be playable just based on like, oh, okay, I know there's two token decks. Right. Even then, I don't like it against token decks. It really has to be like... I would much, much rather have uh, like a Black Sun Zenith. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. just a much better oh. board wipe that can potentially not kill your stuff as well. Yeah, yeah exactly. Toxic and, Deluge. Toxic uh, Deluge, there's a, yeah. There's a number of cards that I think are better than this, but yeah. I just think like if there's a Super Friends deck, 
this is actually probably better there. Right. So they right. get like four planeswalkers out, they start ticking yeah. them up, and you just go, okay, kill all of them. Yeah, I'm also just very confused by the wording of exiling all tokens, because when the token dies, it's not like it hits the graveyard. and then Well, it does it, actually, it, and then disappears, right? Yeah, so they still get the those effects that say when a right. creature... Right, the graveyard. Yeah, so yeah. It, it sort of gets around some of that stuff. Again... I mean, maybe that's specifically for token decks that want to sacrifice them for an enter the graveyard effect, but... Yeah, or a creature dies this turn effect. Right. If it exiles, it's not a creature dying. So, yeah, again, sorcery speed. Instant speed, I would think this would be, like, it's possible that you could play it. At sorcery speed, I just think that in most of the cases where you want to use it, it's just going to be too slow to do it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's going to suck up your mana, and especially if they're able to do something with the tokens regardless, so... Uh, you want to read the next one? Um, yeah, Raving Dead. Uh, <laughs> four, four in the black for a two-six zombie with death touch. Two-six. All right. Yeah. Beater. I guess. Uh, attacks a random opponent each combat if able. I'm we, already done yeah, with this card. Yeah. I hate that. <laughs> I hate that. But this is fun. Whenever it deals combat damage to an opponent, that opponent loses half of his or her life rounded down. So if you just want to randomly piss people off. <laughs> Go ahead, and maybe you Go do. Right ahead. The problem is the rest of your deck's not set up for chaos, so yeah. you got this one chaotic card. So you're doing, you're being strategical. You're making decisions. You're like, oh, I don't want to piss this person off. You know, th- we've talked about how this deck wants to control the board and make mm. strategic decisions, and then you play this card that basically throws all your politics out the window yeah. and just says, well, I'm just gonna piss off a random person. Piss off everybody. Um, and it's a two six. It's a two six. There's so many. W- I mean, like. I think the random effect is something I never like in Commander, yeah. unless you're trying to be chaotic. Yeah. Because, like, A, let's say you just established a nice alliance with someone thanks to Infernal Offering. Yep. And then you play Raving Dead. And, and you roll a dice. And, you and roll you're a like, dice sorry, and you're like, sorry, dude. Sorry, dude. <laughs> yep. Uh, also, like, so many times this thing is just going to get blocked, and it just is going to have zero effect on the board anyway. Yeah, somebody will just block and trade with it then. Yeah, they'll be like, like, fine, fine, whatever. Death touch, take my 1-1. One, one. Yeah. Take my 2-2. Two, two. Or they'll be like, Who I cares? got a 6-6 six, six guy. I'll just block with it. Yeah. It's Commander. They'll recur it and play it back out or whatever. Yeah, like, exactly. I just think um, the dream of like killing somebody, like it's it sounds great. Oh, I'm going to knock off half their life. Half their life, yeah. yeah. But there, there are better ways to kill people that are more effective and more political yeah. and just more sound. Yeah. Raving Dead, not so hot. Uh, next one I have is Vampire Hex Mage. It's ah, traditionally a very good limited card. <laughs> I didn't really love it in limited either, but I, 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 I definitely I think don't love it. Conspiracy, it's great because of all those cards that come in with XX. Yeah, or still only okay on in my book. I mean, well, we can have that argument later, but yeah. it's a uh, black black for a two one vampire shaman has first strike. Yay! <laughs> it says sacrifice vampire hex mage. Remove all counters from target permanent. Uh, I mean. In Commander, you're going to be killing a Planeswalker, Probably. potentially. It's like kill a Commander, maybe. Yeah, but at that case, just use a card that says destroy target Planeswalker. Hero's Downfall. Yeah, there's you lots know, of different just ways. Just off the top of my head. Just a- attack. Yeah, just attack it, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I just, this card, I just feel like. It's too conditional. It's not that, again, it's not that it does absolutely nothing. It's just like, this is replacing a card in your deck, and we're playing Commander. Yeah. Cards in our deck can usually, like, win the game or draw five cards yeah. or like do crazy stuff this card just sometimes it just is a 2-1 with first strike that's just yeah. not good enough and like it's in in a constructed format it's you know it's more fun because it's like cool it's a nice two drop that can get in for some nice damage because it's a 2-1 it's going to trade at that level against your opponent's two drops this is commander we're not they're like we, I'll, I'll just take two i guess yeah it's like cool i done I'm glad you have a two-drop in your deck that does incremental, like, really not incremental, just nothing against... You could play a deck where this card just has no effect. 
Yeah. And in this deck is and in this specific format as well, in the Black Commander deck, I don't even think you can use the Vampire Shaman against your own stuff that to use it effectively. I don't think there are many cards that you can sacrifice to take counters off of your own stuff that's important. Sure, you're not putting negative one negative one counters on your own thing. That would be one thing, maybe. I- right. Or if there was something like, you know, like Dark Depths. But that's just not a card you're going to see very often, I don't think. And again, if you have those effects, this is still not that great of a card. There are other yeah. more powerful cards that interact with those things in better ways. Yeah. Like I said, it's not that it does nothing. It just does so little as to being, you should just replace it. Yeah, especially for something that's a two-drop, there's going to be a better option. They're almost, that's what I like about Commander is it's a, an internal format. There's almost always going to be a better option. Correct. All right, moving on. Charcoal Diamond. Uh, this is a also a, um, a series through all the decks. They all get their own diamonds. It's two mana for an artifact. Comes into play tapped and taps for the color of whatever deck they're in. So in this case, it taps for black because charcoal is also black. Flavorful. Yeah, this is sort of... It's ramp. Um, it's a mana rock. It's just there are so many mana rocks out there. Yeah. And actually, I feel like some of the mana rocks that give colorless, like Thran Dynamo or something, are just strictly better. You're going to... Because you're in a one-color deck. Yeah. You're not going to have problems with your colors. Yeah, exactly. You know, so in a, in another deck that had multiple colors, you would actually you'd want Signets over this stuff, but you Even might need the colored mana. Even strictly might be better just because you're able to... It's just they're two colors, it doesn't so come, you yeah. don't need the second color. But you mono, don't, it doesn't but, come into play tapped. Yeah, that, like that, that, that's another... Yeah, exactly. Good point. Coming into play tapped hurts it quite a bit because you draw it a little bit later and it just cramps. Ugh, you can't play gross, it and use yeah. it, so the value is just way lower. I just think these are they're just really replaceable. There's a whole bunch of mana yeah. rocks, and there's a whole bunch that are better than this. I think it's a fun cycle to put into the decks. Oh yeah, it's, you it's, know it's, it's like, fine. Yeah, yeah, but I mean it it is it does stuff. I mean you can put it in there. Yeah. I just think it's really easy to replace it with a just a strictly better card. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, also, not to mention, I would much rather have like a like one of the monoliths. For yeah, this, exactly. You know, because it just taps for three. Or taps, it taps for three. For... Yeah, and you may have to untap it with more mana, but you're going to be making that mana otherwise. This yeah. deck. So, yeah. Uh, last card we'll talk about that really just sucks <laughs> is Evernight Shade. Three in the black for a one-one. Count me out. Wah, wah, wah. You can play a black though, and it gets plus one plus one till end of turn. And it has undying. So you can pump it. You can pump it. Yeah. But again. He's not. He doesn't have evasion. He's not flying. He doesn't have haste. He doesn't have a lot of things that you want a card like this to have. Um, he does interact in the fun way with the deck because he does pop back into play after he dies. But yeah, even then, it's like, ugh. I mean, you could sack him. I guess you there's just a lot him. of cards with undying that are better. Yeah. This guy is. He's a one-one. You need mana to pump him. Yeah. You're gonna want to do other things with your mana. Yeah. And I think if there's one thing to take away from us naming what cards are bad, it's the ability to just look at a card and really evaluate it in different vacuums. You know, be like Evernight Shade. Okay, I could see him being good in this case and in this scenario, but I could also see him being terrible in more scenarios, if that makes sense. I mean, the thing I will say for him is with Gisa, so you've got Gisa out. Mm-hmm. You you put the Evernight Shade out, then you pump it to like, you know, as much as you can, and then you sacrifice it to Gisa. Yeah. And then you make a bunch of tutus, and then he comes back because he's gone on dying. You know, that's some stuff. You can do it. I just... Uh, I would much rather play Flesh Carver. Yes, For exactly. less mana that does more stuff, and he exactly. also has Intimidate. So if you want to swing with him. Because if Evernight Shade exists solely to be able to pump him up and then sacrifice him to Gisa, ugh. I mean, it's okay, because he's got a dying. I, I just think, yeah, it's the point is not that it does nothing. Yeah. It's just that you can do better stuff. You can do better, yeah. yeah. So let's talk about, in that case, cards that What's that, that better you stuff that might you might do? Add, yeah. yeah. 
Um, first thing I want to talk about, and th- I think this is going to be for all five of the pre-cons, is Nykthos, Shrine to Nyx. Yes. Yeah, Nykthos is a card that, I'm not going to read all its text, but it basically like gives you mana equal to your devotion to the color. Yep. It's so just in many- mono color. You're just going to have a lot of permanents. You're going to have a lot of yeah. what we call pips. Pips are on your permanents that are on the battlefield. It's the mana symbols. And so... Nikthos, that's what your devotion is. Nikthos yep. is going to count up, like for in the black deck, the amount of black mana symbols you have out on the table, and yep. it'll give you that much mana. Um, so it's just a ramp card, and in a monocolored deck, like you can get oh, absurd yeah. amounts of mana from Nikthos. So I just yeah. think it probably belongs in all five of the decks. Yep. It's yeah. a great card. It was a Theros block, I think. Theros, yeah. It's also a legendary land, so it's a great one of. Yep. It's perfect like that. It's perfect. It's perfect. Um, the next card I thought would be good is Dictate of Erebos. Yeah, I love this card. Yeah, uh, Dictate is an enchantment. It basically says whenever one of your creatures dies, each opponent has to sacrifice a creature. Yeah, and it has flash. Yeah, so you can cool. sort of do it like they go, I'm going to kill that creature, and you go, okay, flash in my Dictate. Now everybody loses a creature, and they don't even see it coming. Yeah, exactly. Especially if you have sacrifice outlets, you can control what, you know, I think this this card has amazing control potential because it's mm-hmm. like, all right, I have five two twos out i want to sack all of them so that you guys have to essentially wipe your board um and not many cards can get around that if it's indestructible or hexproof sorry you still gotta sacrifice it yep you know yep so exactly. it's very powerful i think uh and with gisa it's super powerful because you sacrifice your stuff you make more stuff but everybody yeah. else just loses stuff yeah which is great yeah. um and i think one of the few commanders that gets around is like sigarda who says you can't, can't sacrifice, sacrifice yeah. stuff yeah but other than that it's like that's why Shieldred is such a powerful card is because having to sacrifice a creature is just sucky. It really like hurts Voltron decks a lot. Yeah. You know, because they suit their creature up. They make it hexproof, indestructible. They're like, this guy cannot be touched. And they go, yeah, choose one of your creatures and sacrifice it. And you're <laughs> like, I only have one creature. Guess yeah. that one's gone then. Yep. Yeah. So uh, that's a good card. I like this next one too. Harvester of Souls mm. uh, from Innistrad. Or Avacyn Restored. I'm sorry. Four and two black for a five five with death touch. Uh, whenever another non-token creature dies, you may draw a card. And we've seen that uh, most recently in Cons of Tarkir, there's a card called uh, Grim Harrispects that does the same thing. And it's very powerful. Um, yes. I just put that in my uh, uh, Marchesa deck because mm-hmm. I'm going to be sacrificing a lot of stuff. And being able to draw a card uh, when a creature dies, is it's going to happen a lot. Um, either through combat or you're doing it yourself. And this is great because it's whenever any non-token creature dies across right. the board. Board wipe happens, I think you do benefit off of that. Oh, yeah, you drive, you draw you know, three or four cards depending on how many non-tokens you have out. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't totally synergize with Gisa because she makes tokens, but at the same time, like this is the type of effect where you're sacrificing your own stuff a lot and it's yeah. not always going to be tokens. And so you're just going to draw cards when you do that mm-hmm. and get whatever other benefit you would have gotten. Yeah, and a, this is a, an effect that you can't really get too much in black usually. that This kind of card draw where it, it's, it affects the whole board. Usually it's like you lose two life and you draw a card. Yes, exactly. But this is like someone else can kill something on the other side of the board and you'd be like, yep. Thank you. Yeah, Thank thanks. you. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, Pawn of Ulamog too. This yeah. card is, I, I list it because it's super cheap. Yeah. Uh, so it's easy to get a hold of and it actually does way more than you think it's going to do. It does a lot of work. Yeah. Especially in a deck like this where you want to be sacrificing stuff. And so you just want a lot of um, a, a lot of creatures out so you can sacrifice them. You can spend your currency, as it were. So Pawn of Ulamog is uh, one and two black for a two-two. It says, whenever Pawn of Ulamog or another non-token creature you control is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, you may put a zero-one colorless Eldrazi spawn creature token onto the battlefield. The spawn 
token has sacrifice this creature, add one colorless to your mana pool. So it's just doing a lot of stuff, right? It's yeah. ramping you. It's giving you creatures to sacrifice to your other effects. Also, if you have Dictative Erebos out... Oh, yeah. The Eldrazi spawn doesn't even need a sacrifice outlet. It has it on the card. The spawn says sacrifice it to gain one colorless mana. Yeah. So if you have something like Dictative Erebos out, you can just sack it to make one colorless mana, and everybody else has to sack one of their creatures. So mm -hmm. it's very... It's just more than meets the eye. Like, in, not that it's a Transformer. Autobots <laughs> transform! <laughs> um, but it, it, it just... When you read that card, I don't think you can understand like how well it plays when you have it out. When yeah. you have it out, you're just like, holy crap, I can do all this stuff. Look at all this mana I'm making. Yeah, it's I'm like, making mana, I'm sacrificing creatures, I'm making creatures. Yeah. You're kind of just stringing on effects to things you're already going to be doing. Yeah. And so you're just maximizing the value out of that for this really very useful creature. And it sees a lot of play in Commander, too, I think. It's, it's one of those cards, kind of like Awakening Zone, mm -hmm, that's mm -hmm. just very useful. Because having that one or two extra mana just at your disposal can mean so much in the long run. Um, also, we should mention that uh, specifically the cards that we're talking about that you want to add, we're going to try and keep each card under about $5. Yeah, um, we're not going to talk about like the super expensive cards because it's yeah. just not attainable for most people. So this is just a really cheap cheap ways to improve this deck. Like, yeah. You can probably buy this deck and for less than $10, $20, improve it by a lot. By, by just a lot, these yeah. Cards. yeah. And it's really just about focusing what the deck wants to do and finding better options for a few things and just cutting a little bit of the fat off. Um, so another card that's great uh, that actually people wanted to, uh, us to put on our top 10 artifacts was Nim Death Mantle. It is a good card, and it's awesome yeah. in this deck. It's a two-drop artifact equipment. Equipped creature gets plus two, plus two, has Intimidate, and is a black zombie. Whenever a non-token creature is put into your graveyard from the battlefield, you may pay four. If you do, return that card to the battlefield and attach Nim Death Mantle to it. Wow. Yeah. This thing just essentially lets you recur your stuff for four mana. Yep. Um, you sacrifice it, bring it back. And it gets attached to it again, so yeah. when you sacrifice it the next time, bring it back. Yeah, and you can do it to anything. This this yep. equipment can just jump around to all of your creatures. Um, it's extremely this useful. This with Flesh Carver, and then Gisa to just continuously sacrifice it. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can do some broken stuff just with that right there. Yeah, especially because you're going to be generating tons of mana from, for instance, your Pawn of Ulamog. Yep. <laughs> You'll have the extra four floating around. And if every time you do it, you got Dictator Verabouse out, and everybody's sacking a creature, it, it can get pretty bonkers. Yeah, exactly. Um, the next card I had was Soul of Innistrad. Ah, uh, yes. One of the, the soul new cycles. M15 souls, yeah. Uh, it sees a little bit of standard play, actually. Very fringe, but mm -hmm. does see some. It's four and two black for a 6-6. Six, six, has Death Touch. It has an activated ability, pay three and two black. Return up to three target creature cards from your graveyard to your hand. And then it also, you can do that same ability if it's in the graveyard, and then you exile it out of your graveyard. So you can basically do it once if it's in your graveyard, but if it's on the battlefield, you can do that as much time as you've got five mana to spend. Mm -hmm. So it's just a really strong card in a deck like this where you're sacking your own creatures, you're sending a lot of stuff to the graveyard, you want to recur it. Yeah. It'd be better if it brought it directly to the battlefield, but you're getting three cards out of your graveyard, three creatures into your, back into your hand. It's just like straight card draw. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah. Pretty solid in general. And not an, a terribly expensive card. Yeah, so. and you can do it twice. It's, it's nice. Um... So I have a lot of cards here listed for ramp. I realize they all might be a little too uh, pricey. But uh, there are a lot of black cards out there that achieve ramp that are lands or creatures that essentially double your mana up. And they're all pretty important. Um, so I would just take a look at them. Uh, and if, of course, if you can't afford it, don't worry about it. Um, but one that is great is a land called Crypt of Agadim, which is oh, yeah. uh, similar to Nykthos. comes into play tapped, uh, but you can tap two and then tap it and add black to your mana pool for each black creature card in your graveyard. 
So this is one of those things that is a little conditional because you're going to want to be recurring some stuff from your graveyard, but ultimately your graveyard will get stacked at some point, and you only need to have three creatures in your graveyard for this to become a, an efficient mana source. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a good card in this deck for sure because yeah. you're purposefully putting things in your graveyard, and, they're all and then going it's like, well, I want well. one more mana. I'll just put this this crappy guy that's not doing anything into the graveyard just to give myself yeah, access exactly. to more mana. Yeah, um, uh, there's one I wanted to mention that's a little bit unique. It's going a little bit deep. I just noticed that this deck had a lot of uh, humans in it mm-hmm. already, and so there's a card called Zathrid Necromancer oh, from yeah, M14. Zathrid. Yeah, it's two and a black for a human wizard, 2-2. Whenever a Zathrid Necromancer or another human creature you control dies, put a 2-2 black zombie creature onto the battlefield tapped. So if you have Zathrid out, you have geese out, and you have one other human, and there are a bunch in the deck and you could add more, then when you sacrifice your creature to Gisa to get 2-2 zombies, you get an extra 2-2 zombie every time. So it's just value. It's just like anytime they want to kill one of your guys, you're going to get a consolation prize. Yeah. You know, it helps you against board wipes. Uh, again, I think you would have to look and put a certain number of humans, make sure they're in the deck. There's already six or seven. You might want more like 12, 15, but yeah. it's just that's a path you could go down. You could sort of start thinking about going down, I think, is pushing it towards that human side and then using some of, some cards like Zathor Necromancer. Mm-hmm. Nice. <clears throat> uh, one of the, uh, the big impact cards that I really like uh, is called Chainer Dementia Master. He's a uh, five-drop creature, 3-3 three, three minion legend. All nightmares get plus one, plus one. And you can pay three black mana and pay three life. So not too bad in a mm-hmm. deck that gains you life and also just its commander. Put target creature card from a graveyard into play under your control. That creature is black and is a nightmare in addition to its creature types. And so when Chain or Dimension Master leaves play, remove all nightmares from the game. So for a pretty cheap cost, uh, you get to put any creature card from a graveyard into play. Yeah. You get to recur whatever you want. They get a little buffer, but most importantly... His second effect doesn't really matter if you're going to just be sacrificing that creature or putting it back into the graveyard anyway. Yeah, it's true. So you it's steal a- something big from somebody else's graveyard, sack it to Giza to make a bunch of things, and then you're safe from if they kill him. Yeah, exactly. And you get, you know, you get this nice creature for really not that. I mean, like the three black mana might be a problem and not a mono black deck, but like you can easily do that in mm-hmm. this deck. So he and sort of a Geth Lord of the Vault both have a uh, fun effects that definitely are. See, like, because you're going to make a lot of mana with this deck, and you want a way to use that mana. So if you have, like, a huge amount of mana, someone like Geth, who, for X in the black, put target artifact or creature card with converted mana cost X from an opponent's graveyard under the battlefield under your control tapped, and then you make them mill that many cards as well, so you get more options to steal with Geth. If you can, like, pump out 30 mana a turn, you could essentially just be stealing stuff left and right, and turning that into a win condition is would be really fun. And... I would say with black, too, you you have this ability to kill more creatures than most decks. So you can yeah. usually kill one of their creatures specifically so you can take it. Yeah, especially so. with, like, Dictative Erebos, if you're forcing them in an ideal situation to sacrifice all of their best creatures. It's like, great, now I can grab that awesome green creature that this that right. would make this deck broken Right. otherwise. <clears throat> cool. So, I mean, one thing, I don't know if we made it clear, but there's ways to sort of take this deck and drastically change it. What we're talking about here is people who are going to go out, they're going to buy the pre-con, and then they're going to make some cosmetic changes, you know, five, six, ten cards, and but mostly keep to the theme that the deck is built in. Yeah, which I think is smart, too. Yeah, down the road, we'll talk about, like, taking only a couple of these cards out and Mm -hmm. putting them into existing decks or building whole new decks around them. This is mostly, like, taking the pre-con deck as it is constituted and... You know, just improving that. Yeah. You know, rather than rebuilding, you know, using those pieces as a foundation to rebuild a deck from scratch. Yep. 
So, okay, Definitely. that was black. Black seems... Listen, it's gotten a little bit of flack. Yeah. People say are saying it's the weakest. Uh, I think it's not necessarily the weakest. I think it's probably one of the more complicated decks to, inter- to interact good, with and also to play to right. Yeah. Yeah. I think it can be very strong. Uh, just its ability to sort of do things to everybody, make everybody sack creatures, make yeah. everybody lose life. You know, that can be very powerful. We've talked about it before. Just the ability to kill everybody all at once. It has that. Yeah. So I, I think it's fine. I think it's, it's, I think it's strong. Yep. With just a little bit of changes. Yeah. All right. So let's move on to the green deck. Uh, this one I'm pretty excited about. Because it looks I, sick. It looks sweet. And uh, I've always wanted to build an elf tribal deck. Here uh, you go. Our friend D has one, and it's a lot of fun to play against just because you're like, wait, how big? How, how many elves? Wait, <laughs> how much mana are you making? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and this, this deck has that potential for sure. Yeah. It's pretty linear and very elf-focused. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a sub-theme of tokens and then just getting a bunch of creatures and pumping them all. Yeah, just a big overrun deck. Yeah. Um, I did the statistical breakdown. I'll read through it again. This yeah, has yeah. slightly different categories because of the deck. Um, as far as Wraths and Mass Removal, there are only four cards. Single Target Removal, there are only two. Um, green is just known for not having very yeah. many. Green does um, excel in the area of ramp, and as a result, it has 12 ramp cards. Woo! Card draw, actually better than I would think, it has 10 card draw cards. Nice. There are two graveyard recursion cards. <laughs> Which you would not expect at all. Well, no, green is good with regrowths and, right, and, and those right. sort of things. It doesn't usually do it the same as black, whereas black can only get creatures. Usually green can get anything out of Lands its graveyard. and stuff, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then elf cards. There are 25 elf cards or cards Oof. that create elves. And then there are nine pump cards or cards that make your creatures bigger. Nice. So we can see very easily that it's an elf deck, very elf themed. 25 cards is a lot. Um, and then it's also trying to sort of mass pump all your stuff and yeah. sort of, you know, overrun them as you give said. them trample or whatever, and hopefully be able to just swing in for the big win. Yeah. So, so it's pretty clear what this deck wants to do. Um, then there's the three commanders again. You want to read the first one? Yeah. Azuri renegade leader. He's not the planeswalker, but he is a, uh, he's a legendary elf warrior. He's one and two green. So three total for a two, two. Uh, and for one green, you can regenerate another target elf. Very important because uh, a lot of your elves here are sort of key, sort of like chess pieces almost to your equation. You, re- I mean, I'm just combining things. Uh, and chess his- pieces to your <laughs> equation, huh? <laughs> yeah, you know, when you're do for when you're doing math with your chess pieces, just logarithmic. <laughs> uh, and his second ability is for two and three green elf creatures you control get plus three plus three and gain trample until end of turn. So he's an overrun effect on a stick. On a stick, yeah, yeah, and he helps protect your guys he's very strong he could easily be the commander for this deck i yeah. don't think i would choose him because <laughs> there's a ridiculous one in a second but yeah. you could you could use him and actually you know he's a reprint and there are um decks elf decks with him at the helm that you'll see from time to time i've definitely yeah. played against a few he's he's strong i'd much rather just have him be able to play him from my hand i think yeah exactly um, i mean I, like i said i i think he, he could easily be the 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 general yeah it's just Let's talk about the other okay. person that's not going to be the general. Um, uh, but there's a cool card, Titania. Yeah, Titania, Protector of Argoth. She's three and two green for a 5-3 legendary creature, obviously elemental. When Titania enters the battlefield, return target land card from your graveyard to the battlefield. Whenever a land you control is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, put a 5-3 green elemental creature token onto the battlefield. So yeah. She's actually one of the cards I'm most excited about um, long term yeah. for like building a deck around her. These abilities like stack up really well. There's really interesting things you can do with it. Um, she doesn't actually have anything to do with elves. Yeah. 
So <laughs> I don't think she's actually very. You definitely wouldn't want her as the at the helm of this deck. Um, Agreed. Yeah, uh, we're going to talk about her a little more later, but I I think there are some cool things you can do with her. Yeah. You can do with Crucible of Worlds, Life from Alone, Nissa. things like Strip Mine, <laughs> Nissa. Um, there's just you know Landfall, Zurin Orb. Uh, there's a ton of things that just like. Um, Land Matters deck. I like Land that. Matters deck. I think there's a really cool deck. I actually really want to build around her. But for this specific, for the precon, the green precon, she's just she doesn't fit in with what it wants to do. So yeah. it's not that she's bad card. She just for this deck, I think not. Yeah. Not who you want. So let's talk about who will be the commander for this deck. And I think oh, we can gosh, all agree. Awesome. Fraley's Lanawar's Fury. One sweet eye patch. Fraley's. She looks badass. Yeah, super badass. Uh, three and two green. Uh, it's a recurring theme. All the Planeswalkers are about five mana CMC or higher. She comes in with three loyalty points. Um, her plus two, put a one one green elf druid creature token on the battlefield with tap this creature, add green to your mana pool. So she plus twos makes a Lanwar elf or a, um, a mystic. mystic elf, yeah. Amazing. Minus two, destroy target artifact or enchantment. So useful. So useful in Commander. So useful. And my favorite, minus six, so not that hard to get to. Uh, only two turns later, you'll be able to do it. Draw a card for each green creature you control. Whew. So, and you're going to be making what did we, creatures. What do we always say? EDH, the most two things you always want, right? Yeah. Ramp and card, card draw. draw. She has both. Yeah. That's what makes her like crazy bonkers. To and me. her ramp gives her more cards to draw because she's creating yeah. green creatures. It's crazy. And plus, by the way, she's not making just a 1 1 elf druid creature, she's making. <laughs> A mystic elf. That's yeah. a that's a straight up like card. That's not like a, a like a one one that you need a whole bunch of like that card does stuff. Yeah, I would pay three mana or two mana for just a card that said put a elf into play. Yeah, <laughs> for, in this put deck, a, a one one that taps like that's sweet. She's um, making elves every turn. You get up to high enough, you draw a bunch of cards. She can kill artifacts or enchantments just you know randomly as you need to. This yeah. card is extremely good. Yeah, I, I think she is probably my favorite of the new commanders outside of the red one of course but you know why i love red <laughs> um yeah she's awesome her toolkit is amazing yeah she she synergizes very well with herself uh she creates things that can also protect her uh in dire situations yep, yep. Uh, i don't think you're gonna have problems with that in this deck specifically but in a deck like this you could see her coming up turn three yeah for sure yeah you bring her out early you start making dudes now all of a sudden you're making a bunch of like you're ramping even faster yeah and then you're going to be able to draw. I mean, like, I could see using her minus six is a thing. I could definitely oh, see. Oh, for and sure. Like, and if it kills Hi, her, I, draw 15 I don't cards. care. Jeez. Because she's your commander. <laughs> yeah, That's the thing. Normally, yeah, This the ultimate being only negative six seems nuts. I don't know. This card is really, really good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Especially okay. when she dies, and it's like, well, good thing I made these tokens that essentially that can, can help pay, me recast her. Yeah, for her new recast cost. Oh, yeah. My goodness. Yeah. So definitely awesome. Uh, let's talk about the uh, the cycles here. We have Thunderfoot Baloth, a four and two green for a five five creature beast with trample, and it's got Lieutenant. As long as you control your commander, Thunderfoot Baloth gets plus two plus two, and other creatures you control get plus two plus two and have trample. So if your commander's out, it's a seven seven, and all your other dudes have trample and plus two plus two. So it's an o- it's an overrun yeah effect. Um, this is a lot better, I think, than the black one because it gives all your creatures something. Yeah. It's it's pretty good. If and it's it was doing an, what the deck wants to yeah, do. Yeah. If it was an elf, it would be amazing. Um, <laughs> it's a beast, so it's not an elf. But it's still... Yeah, you're right. What the deck wants to do is make a bunch of elves and then pump them all and kill everybody. Yeah. So this is doing the pump all and kill everybody part of that equation, th- that chess equation. Not bad. I'm down with it. Uh, the next card is Sylvan Offering. This is part of the group hug offering cycle. It's pay green and X... 
uh, for a sorcery. Choose an opponent. You and that player each put an XX green tree folk creature token onto the battlefield. Choose an opponent. You and that player each put X11 green elf warrior creature tokens onto the battlefield. Wow. Oh, God, you're going to make so many tokens with this deck. Because you're going to have ramped into a bunch of mystic elves from yeah. Freilis, and then also, like, it's green. There's going to be a bunch of ramp cards. Yeah. So I can see turn six, seven, you just putting out, like, 20 dudes. 20 dudes, yeah. And you give somebody else 20 dudes, but yours are elves, and you have a bunch of pump elf cards. Yeah, they matter them, they're so just much like, more to you. Yeah, they're not an elf deck. They're they're just one one dudes. It's it's fine for them. Yeah. And then on top of it, you just get a twenty twenty guy also if you do that. Like no, yeah. I mean the big thing I love with this is that it's really favored in your side unless you've got like I think the white deck would take good use of the the elves as well. But it's like let's say you take all your guys, you can swing at someone to kill them next turn, and then you yep. go and look at the person that you made all those elf tokens for and be like, guess what? My elves definitely beat your elves and they trample over yeah exactly like you can have 20 20 dudes in fact you maybe just kill them yeah so you don't have to worry about the 20 <laughs> elves like right you like you block all you want but i got my lieutenant out and my guys are actually three threes with trample yeah that's politics right there Jeez. <laughs> give them a gift i guess they have to look their gift horse in the mouth because it's about to kick them <laughs> um so i like that i like this one for this deck specifically yeah very well definitely it's just very super powerful, powerful. Um, okay, so let's talk about some of what we think are the best cards that are included in in the precon. Um, Elvish Archdruid, yeah, I really staple, like staple. Elf. Yeah, this this is very strong. It's uh, one and two green for a two two elf druid. It says elves you control get plus one plus one, so it pumps all your elves. Yeah, and well, then, except for himself, but he's yeah, the druid. He's just you know signaling them in the battle, I guess. And then, as if that wasn't enough, it says tap to add green to your mana pool for each elf you control. Oh, jeez. I mean. That's insane. Yeah. This is what elf decks are known for. Yeah. This is why I want to build elf tribal is because it can get out of hand fast. Yeah. Let Freya Elise is out. You make a couple of mystic elves. You've cast three or four elves. You put arch elvish arch druid out. So now you ca- you tap those mystic elves and the arch druid. You make like 12 mana. You cast, you know. Sylvan offering. Sylvan offering. And now the arch druid is going to tap for like 40 mana. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, Why you can find a way to turn forty mana into <laughs> I win. Like, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that's the thing. You can make so much mana so quickly because yeah. you could do that on turn six. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, I I really like this. Um, it's just it's 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 an elf ability, and the fact that it, it ramps you so much is great. I mean, if it just said give all your elves plus one plus one, totally playable. Yeah. Or if it just said tap and add green to your mana pool for each elf you control, it'd be broken. Yeah. It has both of those things. Yep. Yep. yep yeah. Yep, yep. It's it's awesome. Uh, specifically, actually, another card is Immaculate Magistrate, which is just three and a green for a 2-2. Two, two. You can tap her and put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature for each elf you can control. Yep, so you make one huge dude. Just huge dude, yeah. It's like, anytime it's like for each elf you control, oh gosh, Imperious Perfect, right down the oh, line. Oh, this is an awesome card. Two and a green for a 2-2. Two, two. Other elf creatures you control get plus one, plus one. So this and the other guy gets everyone plus two, plus two, and you can definitely play them all out of your hand immediately. Uh, pay one green and tap her. And you can put a 1-1 one, one green elf warrior creature token on the battlefield. Anything that makes elves that doesn't cost you a card is going to be just awesome in this right. deck. Because how are you gaining card advantage in this deck? You're doing yeah. it by not having to play, pay cards to make creatures. Yeah, exactly. Um, and each year creatures is just huge. <laughs> it's awesome. Uh, there's a card I like called Joraga. Horaga? Joraga, Warcaller. It's uh, one green for a 1-1 one, one elf warrior. Oh, yeah. It has multi-kicker, one in a green, so you can pay the kicker as many times as you as you want. So, you know, for two mana, you can put a 1-1 one, one counter on Jiraga because it enters the battlefield, sorry, uh, with 1-1 one, one counters for each time it was kicked. Yep. 
And then it says your other elves get plus one plus one for each counter on Joraga. Oh gosh! So this guy really. This pumps. is your coat of arms. Yeah, uh, that's a card we'll talk about later. I think should also be in the deck. Um, yeah. But you can be like, I I I Sylvan offering, and I make forty one ones. Past turn comes back to my turn. Everybody's like forty one ones. Okay, but I can block a few. You yeah, know, I won't I'm, die. And then you go Jiraga, kick him seven times. They're all eight eights. Yep. Attack. Yeah, that's the type of thing. He, he can kill everybody in one turn sometimes. Yeah, and the fact that he only costs one green uh, and he himself is big when he comes in, yep. you know, the, the fact, yeah, having the multi-kicker in a deck that can make you a lot of mana, it's, it's very effective. Yeah, if you have the Elvish Arch Druid out, Oh my like gosh. you could easily kick him 10 times, and yeah. then all your dudes are, that were 1-1s one are 11-11s. I mean... Just don't kick this guy when he's down. And this... <laughs> He'll be very upset. And this kind of can give virtual haste. That's what I like about it. Yeah. It's like, yeah. you have 10 guys out, but they're all 1-1s, one nobody's worried, and all of a sudden, you drop this, and all your guys grow in that turn and can attack. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's very powerful. Yeah, I think actually this deck is definitely one of the more powerful ones, because you don't necessarily need your commander out to have it function. For it's, sure. It's got she that. helps. She helps a lot. To have it. Yeah. She's just contributing to everything on top of that. Um, and she's got the card draw on the stick, which is great too. But like... Well, and Elves is a legacy playable deck. Yeah. So that just tells you right there that there's a really powerful interactions. Yeah, definitely. Also, I think this would be a lot of fun to play politically because it's true. If you put 100 one ones out, people are going to look at you. You put 10 one ones out, they're like, not so bad. You can fit it on one dice. <laughs> <laughs> and then you drop Drago Warcaller. Anyone else that pumps guys gives you guys trample, and you can just wipe someone out in one turn. Just be like, you're dead. Yeah, exactly. You can so. maybe wipe the whole, everybody out that way. Yeah. It's yeah, totally possible yeah. to make them all into 2020s and then just kill everybody. Yeah. One of the cards you should definitely put in this deck is Concordant Crossroads. Oh, yeah. It gives everyone haste. Yep. But at that point, hopefully you played it right. won't matter. No, but in any token deck, giving everything haste, that's something you just slide out on turn five or six and just let it sit there and when everybody forgets about it then you can just yeah make 50 tokens pump them all in the same term and kill everybody yeah and that card just costs one green mana too so it's easy to just be like look i have 80 other mana to do stuff with (laughs) yeah i'm gonna die you're all dead now you're all dead Uh, um a card i like that maybe slips under the radar a little is fresh meat oh gosh this card is amazing yeah it's three and a green for an instant it says put a three three beast creature token onto the battlefield for each creature put into your graveyard from play this turn so listen, what a recovery from a board wipe yeah and this deck's biggest weakness is going to be board wipes yep because it's not a deck that holds a bunch of cards in its hand you have to play your stuff out onto the table because yeah. everything pumps everything else, and it, it's their engines that get everything going. And so your biggest weakness is, like, if they board wipe and I'm starting from scratch yeah. and you just killed all of my stuff that does stuff, I might not be able to draw cards anymore. I might not be able to make mana anymore. It can really board wipes and set you back so far. So yeah. what this can do is they board wipe, and you just go, boom. Okay, well, I had 10 one ones, and now I've got 10 three threes. Yeah. What an upgrade. Yeah, and now you, nobody has creatures, Yep. so I'm just going to kill you. And I've got my Thunderfoot Bailoth or whatever sitting in my hand, and yep. it's just like... Every... I just need an overrun, and now I can kill everybody. Yeah, exactly. Still. So, yeah. yeah, it's very powerful. Uh, I think Eli runs this in his Prosh deck as well, which I think is a great call. Yep. Especially if you have a yep. coat of arms out. It's it's sort of like that, uh, that black uh, one-drop instant where you get to put something on the battlefield after a board wipe. Fresh yeah, meat very is just, similar. It's just one of those in- instant recovery, has virtual haste, very powerful. Um, oh, Skull Clamp. Skull Clamp. We've talked at length. It's one of the best card draw engines ever. It's really good in token decks. This, this is, is a- actually interesting, though, because a lot of your tokens 
if you don't play it right, aren't going to be strong, are going to be too strong for Skull Clamp to kill them. And if they are, you're winning that game anyway. Right? <laughs> yeah, because you're true. not pumping them until you're like swinging for the win. Yeah. So I until mean, you're ready to do that, you're just like draw two, draw two, draw two. And then you're like, great, I have all the cards I need, yep. and now I can make them all two twos, three threes, four fours, and just win. The thing that's crazy about Skull Clamp is you really only need to use it one time, and it's worth it. Yeah. Oh my you gosh, use it yeah, once and draws two. you two cards. Yeah. So that was one card, and if you use it on token, it drew you two cards. It's fine. If you use it three, four times, it's like you that card gave you seven or eight cards. Yeah. People like uh, Consecrated Sphinx because you get to draw cards whenever someone else draws cards. Skull Clamp is ages better if you're able to use it on creatures because you can just do it all on your turn. Mm-hmm. You have well, access to Consecrated it for such a cheap ma- Sphinx amount of mana. Sphinx costs six. Six mana, yeah, yeah, exactly. In blue, you're in green. You're going to have as much mana as you want, and it costs yeah. one. Yeah. yeah. Skull Clamp, one of the, it's banned. It's banned <laughs> in modern. That means it's awesome. Yep, pretty strong. Oh, here's um, the one. You you want to read it? This one Yeah, is... Siege Behemoth. Uh, five green grief for a 7-4 creature beast with hexproof. So this guy's not leaving the battlefield anytime soon. As long as Siege Behemoth is attacking for each creature you control, you may have that creature assign this combat damage as though it weren't blocked. This is almost better than Trample. It is better than Trample, yeah. Yeah, because it's like combat damage assigned, you're dead. You can't do. You can't block. You can't block it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if you have infect creatures, this is. Uh, I think Spinebiter or one of those two is able to just assign its damages. Those weren't blocked. It's like this just is able to overrun in a way that is very hard to interact with. Yeah. If people are tapped out and you drop this guy, you can literally be in situations where you just kill everybody. Yeah. Yeah. This deck has so many ways to just suddenly kill everybody. That's one of the reasons I think it's really powerful. Now, yeah. it's fragile. Because if they board wipe and stuff, you might be in trouble. But if you if you know how to play it right, I think you can play around that stuff, and this will be one of the better decks. Yeah, and it has hexproof. That's just so important on yeah. a card that yeah. has such an important ability on it. Yeah, because people they're gonna have to get rid of that ability, right? Yeah, really hard to do. They basically need instant speed board wipe. Mm-hmm. Um, because you you probably won't play this until you can just drop it and kill it, kill at least one person. Yeah. Oh, this next card, Song of the Dryad. This next card. I has gotten a lot of uh, attention on the internet, too. Yeah, I did not... The first time I read it... Same here. Yeah, it, it took me a minute. And then I was thinking about it. I was like, holy crap. Holy crap. Holy crap! <laughs> <laughs> so it's Song of the Dryads. Let's read it. It's two and a green for an enchanted enchantment aura. Enchant permanent. So you can enchant any permanent. Enchanted permanent is a colorless forest land. Well, that doesn't seem that powerful. Not in addition to its other types. It's now Whoa. a forest. It's a forest. So it stops being what it was and becomes a forest. Now think about this. Dude, that's some blood moon tech right there. At first I was like, oh, <laughs> it's like Oblivion Ring. No, Oblivion no. Ring exiles, right? So if you play it on their commander, they can choose to put that back in the command zone. Yep. This does not exile. This turns it into something else. They can't choose to put it back in the command zone. It's gone. If they don't have a way to remove the enchantment or yeah. sacrifice their own land or, or kill yeah, their own kill lands, a land with like a strip mine, which... Just a lot of decks don't play that at all. Yeah. Um, don't play any land destruction Or at if all. they do, it's like two of in their 100-card yeah. deck. So so this can literally take out a commander for the whole game. It's, it can Ugh. be better than a tuck effect. I mean, it can be worse. There are ways yeah, to get out of it. But like Josh was saying, if you're playing against mono red... Uh, what do they do? What do you do? If they don't have you, it, they destroy have to my own land. It. Yeah, they have to chaos warp it. Yeah, yeah. That's So they got one card in their deck <laughs> that they're like, well, I hope I, I hope I can find that. Yeah, this, yeah. this card is really, really strong. Um it's 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 similar because it's like it's kind of like path to exile uh which fetches a land right for mm-hmm. the opponent so mm-hmm. it's like it's like okay it's kind of like that but it's like no 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 you're you're removing this card in a way that is so hard for some people to interact with it yeah i think that's what difference. that's what puts it into this totally different stratosphere yeah. is that it's very 
the format of Commander is just it's not very good at handling this specific thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not to mention, people are talking about this being played in Legacy and Modern. I can just totally because see Green it. doesn't have this ability. And it's who's a, and in those formats, no, people aren't running a bunch of enchantment removal type stuff. Yeah, so exactly. It's just like yeah, and it's pinpoint removal for any permanent any from permanent, Green. Yeah. Ugh. Crazy. Yeah, it's nuts. Mark um, Rosewater specifically said that he does not agree with the card. He doesn't think it fits within the color pie and uh, that he wishes that he wasn't working on so much stuff simultaneously because some cards to him slip under the radar and this is one of them. That's a good signal that the card is very powerful. Yeah. If he's the saying head like designer that, is like, well, no, 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 no. I don't agree yeah, with this I might have at pumped all. the brakes on that one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, in that case, I'm putting it in every deck I can. Yeah, exactly. I, I think, think this is beco- going to become a every green deck wants this. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's the equivalent or possibly better than a tuck effect mm-hmm. which is already playable very playable in yeah. commander it's better than maybe even like a nevermore i mean it's because if they don't have their commander out you can still use it on something important it's yeah it's extremely you can turn an enchantment into a land yeah <laughs> you can turn another land into a land geez if they have like a maze of ith now it's a forest now yeah and now it can attack you freely with my commander it's Boom. it's pretty it's pretty great yeah like uh it. it's definitely something i would invest in and i think i'm going to pick up a playset. <laughs> just got to do it yeah I, th- I think this card is gonna be yeah yeah all right next up oh also um we should mention that i think someone mentioned somewhere that wizards was trying to get sort of a time spiral-esque thing going with uh, the commander for 2014 set which means giving effects to other color pies that usually aren't there right and uh song of the dryads is definitely that um and so is the next card wave of vitriol five green green for a sorcery this is the green jokel hops. It's even got similar art. If it's you Vitri hops. Vitri hops. I like it. <laughs> uh, each player sacrifices. Oh, also, Josh, you hate this card for good reason. I didn't initially have it on my list because I don't want to talk about it. But go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Each player sacrifices all artifacts, enchantments, and non-basic lands he or she controls. For each land sacrificed this way, its controller may search his or her library for a basic land card and put it onto the battlefield tapped. Then each player who searched his or her library shuffles it. A lot of commander decks run way more non-basic lands than basic lands. Uh, A lot of commander decks don't run any non-basic. Sorry, any basics. Unless they have like a fetch land in there. But yeah, this could completely destroy someone's game. If you were playing against, for instance, You destroy their lands, they don't have any lands to go get to replace them. Yeah, like if I played this against your Chromat deck, you look through your deck and you may as well just throw it into the air because you're not getting any lands out. Yeah, there's not a single uh, basic land in that whole deck. I have a few that have maybe three or four, which means like you destroy all my lands, I have three or four, and I can never draw one for the rest of the game. Yeah, and not to mention your soul ring is also destroyed. Yeah, it destroys (laughs) artifacts and enchantments also. So anything you would do to like, recover recover is like gone this is um it's such a weird board wipe especially for green that doesn't really have stuff like well this. also think about green you've got a lot of ramp but a lot of your ramp is creatures mm-hmm. so you just destroyed everybody's ability to their artifacts are their ramp like if you're playing red or oh, you know yeah, such or a white what's your ramp your ramp is artifacts mm-hmm. you just destroyed all their artifacts so my ramp's fine I still have access to tons of mana, but the other decks, they're totally just, you know, hosed by this. They yeah. might still have some mana in play because they still have basics in their deck, but they, instead of like having 12 mana available, they got six. <laughs> You're like, no, I'm good. I still got 15 oh, mana. This I can, card is so yeah. mean. It's very good. It's amazing in a monocolored deck. I think also, like, the good thing about this, and I, probably the reason they created it and put it in here, is like, now I can sit down with this pre con deck, and with small changes we're going to talk about later, I can be competitive against a deck that's yeah. got like, old school dual lands and all kinds of stuff because yeah. I have this silver bullet card and if I get it in there 
Oh, like yeah. I have a chance to beat any deck. Yeah, any of absolutely. the crazy broken decks that are playing like you know seventeen different colors. Mm-hmm. Not that you can play seventeen different colors, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. That's Magic uh, Twenty Thirty. Yeah. It's uh, a it's a very powerful card. I yeah. hate that this card exists. I don't like Blood Moon, and I don't like yeah. this. I mean, honestly, I kind of hate that this card exists too because I know it's going to get played on me and a lot of my decks. The more time I have to you know invest in more better lands, I get non basics. It's just hard in Commander to play against specific cards. It's easy to play against uh, against archetypes, right? But but Blood Moon and Wave of Vitriol are not archetypes. They're cards. And, They're cards. And yeah, you can't build your deck to beat a card. Mm-hmm. You build your deck to be an archetype. Yeah, so you don't want to build a deck to be the card anyway. You're it just sucks gonna... because how many times you can you can play against that card like two percent of the time? I'm not yeah. going to build anything in my deck to beat something that I'm only going to see you know two times out of a hundred. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm just going to lose those games because I don't want to build my deck. I don't want to put five cards in my deck to combat yeah. something that aren't going to do anything the rest of the time. So yeah, I hate. I don't like cards like this, but it is powerful and. It's Given that it's powerful. there, like, um, yeah, I, if I'm playing this deck, I'm putting it in. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, and also, I mean, it's it's actually kind of interesting because uh, if you guys are going to do, like, game day stuff at your uh, FNM or LGS, uh, a lot of places are doing, like, you know, get the pre-con decks and yep. battle against each other. Yep. And this isn't as effective against other decks because you're not going to destroy as many lands. This is crappy against the other monocolored decks. Yeah, well, minus the artifacts and enchantments. Bit. Yeah. So, like, the just... red deck's going to hate it, you know. Yeah, that's true. It will destroy the artifacts and the enchantments, uh, and you don't have as many of those. So you're right. It's not crappy. It's yeah. just way less useful against the yeah. other monocolor decks. Yeah. yeah. It probably but, does very little against same But White. against just other regular commander decks that have a lot of non-basics. Oh, boy. What a card. And they all have Gilded Lotus, Thrawn Dynamo, you yeah. know, tons of mana rocks. <laughs> yeah, Skull Clamps, all kinds of stuff. So, yeah, it's very powerful card. Screw this card. Yeah, all right. Moving on to the worst cards, or I guess we already have moved on to the worst cards, haven't we, Josh? Yeah, for me, for me. Okay. All right, I'm over it. I'm over it. All right, cool, cool. All right. Uh, I'm playing it against you. The first one we have on our list is Overwhelming Stampede. So it's three and two green for a sorcery. It says, until end of turn, creatures you control get plus X, plus X, where X is the greatest power among creatures you control. So it's an overrun effect. Yeah. Here's the thing about this one. Doesn't give trample. Yeah. That's huge. Uh, Also, it is reliant upon you having a big creature in play already yeah. for it to be good. A lot of times you're just going to only have 41 ones, and that's all you're going to have. Yeah. So now you've got 42 twos? <laughs> that's not worth a card. It's still pretty powerful, but there are so many other cards that do It's only for one turn. Things. There's cards yeah. that give would turn all your guys in bigger for good. Yeah, exactly. Put a 1-1 one, one counter on all of them or something. You know, This yeah. is just, to me, it's just very underwhelming. Also, we've talked about this in the past in token decks, in decks that are going wide are going around your um, opponent and not through them Mm -hmm. you want to be careful how you balance your pump cards versus your token or creature creating cards and you don't want too many pump cards because if you have a hand that has a bunch of things that pump creatures but you don't have any creatures you're in a horrible shape but if you have a hand that has a bunch of things that make creatures and no pump spells you're fine yeah it's fine to put out a bunch of creatures that are small that's fine that's still going to do stuff it's going to keep you alive yeah you know but pump cards by themselves, unless they're very powerful, are just totally useless in a lot of situations. Yeah, you want to make sure you don't build your deck to, so that the percentages are heavily favored, that your hand could be like 80% pump, 20% not. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would say, just picking a number out of thin air, but it's probably close, I wouldn't want more than eight or nine pump my entire team cards Agreed. in my whole deck. And I would want most of those to be attached to something else useful. Like, it's already a creature, and it pumps my guys. Yeah. It's yeah. an enchantment that does something else. 
but it also pumps my guy. Yeah, the fact that this is also a sorcery, so it doesn't work as a uh, battle trick, really. You can't, like, have someone assign just crappy blocks and then just wreck them. You can't get them. You know, you can't get them. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, that's um, a really good point. Yeah, like, I would r- much rather have Crater Hoof Behemoth. Yeah, oh, yeah, you know, for sure. You know, it, the fact that it doesn't give Trample, I think, is really important because... It, just Overrun, which overrun. is in the deck, yeah, which exactly. is in the deck, and yeah. I, it's not listed as one of the worst cards because you have Trample, and it gives a set amount of power and toughness. Yeah. It's never yeah. going to be like, wah, 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 <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, speaking of want, want, Whirlwind, two green, green sorcery, destroy all creatures with flying. Yeah. This is one of their wrath effects. You know, green doesn't get just They don't get flyers in general. Yeah, yeah. they don't get flyers. I just think, like, this is too conditional. There are other cards that destroy creatures with flying, but they're also a, a spider, or they yeah. also are a 6-6 six, six creature, or whatever. This, yeah, and there are a few cards in the deck that do that, where it's like, pay five, sacrifice a token or a creature, and you can kill a creature with flying. Yeah. And that's much and better. And you can do it more than once. Yeah, exactly. Like, as a one-off effect, this is just... I mean, how many... You gotta think, how many times are you gonna be sitting there holding it in your hand, and... It doesn't do anything. There's no flyers on the table, or there's one, and you don't care about it. Yeah, there's even if there's like f- just three or four, and there and you have ways to get around them otherwise. Eh. Or that player is not even bothering you. Yeah, exactly. You know. Yeah. Or they're just two twos. Like who cares? Yeah. You know. So yeah, I just don't like that type of effect. Oh yeah. Um. So we put Titania down here. Right. Just not a good card for the deck. Uh, I mean, there, there's I only would literally or- take her out of this deck. Now I would build an entirely <laughs> other deck around her. But in this deck, like you just don't have a lot of ways to like do the land thing. You're not yeah. like sacrificing your lands. There's like two cards that do that. Yeah. You you may or may not even draw them. You know, it's it's just... definitely a card Wizards put in there to be like, hey, look, there's here's just another great option if you want to expand past this and start a new you know mono green deck. Yeah, which is awesome because you don't want to be so constrained that it's like, well, I have to play within the confines of this precon deck. I want to be able to take cards out and build yeah. whole decks around them, and that's what she does. Yeah. Um, Creeper, Creeper Hulk. Yeah. Yeah, it's a three it's and like two a, green for a five five plant elemental. Has trample. It's like a crappier gigantomancer. Yes, a very crappy gigantomancer. Now, gigantomancer might be good in this stack. Yeah, this one costs one and a green. Is its ability uh, target creature you control has base power and toughness five five and gains trample. So it does some of the stuff you want. Yeah, I'm not it's, saying it's on bad. the surface it seems like it'd be yeah. better, but how much mana do you need to pump uh, twenty guys? You need forty mana. Yeah, and that makes them all five fives with trample. Now that's great. But you they're going to be twenty fu- mana, yeah, as opposed to a six mana creature that attacks and gives them plus two, plus two, and trample. And yeah. they're already going to be three threes or four fours. In fact, there's going to be a lot of times where you're going to make a creature smaller. Yeah, that to could make happen. A five five. Well, it changes their base. So yeah. it, it, their base oh, power right, right, right. So right. if they're an okay. elf, they'll still get all the bonuses after that and all the rest of the stuff. I mean, it's it's like you said, Gigantomancer. I think it's just a just a um, pure upgrade. There's well, here's no my downside. question about Creeper Hulk. Does it permanently change them to have that? Is it, or is it until end of turn? Oh, I think it's till end of turn. No, it just says until end of turn. I was like, oh my yeah. gosh. <laughs> <laughs> my mind was about to okay. be fried. If it was not until end of turn, this card is awesome and this play ca- it, but it this is card, No, this card would be one of the most ridiculous cards ever yeah. printed. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so you, you just need so much mana. And, and yeah. listen, this card's not, not horrible, horrible. You could keep it in the deck. I just think there are better versions of this yeah yeah i mean if, if anything i could see this maybe being a fun combat trick yeah but, but it's, a combat trick that it. it's on the board it. yeah you might get them but yeah. you might like triple block with five fives or, i don't know i mean either way it, it's, it's just compare this to something like coat of arms yeah. coat of arms is an artifact you put it down and it says your creatures get plus x plus x for each creature each creature that, that shares, shares a type or get plus one plus one for yeah. each creature on the battlefield that shares a type with 10 you. elves means they'll get plus 10 plus nine plus nine i think yeah so 
that's a card you put down everything for four mana and all your dudes get big. Yeah. Right. This one you have to way. pay two per creature. Yeah. And it's only till end of turn. It does give yeah. trample, but yeah. And coat of arms, yeah, they stay that way as long as coat of arms is out. Coat of arms actually is five mana. Okay. So not a huge difference, of course. <laughs> well the, the creeper hope costs five mana. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you're gonna have to play him, and there's no way on that turn you're gonna be able to pump very many guys. I I don't know. It's just underwhelming to me. Underwhelming. The indeed. next one is another one that looks really good on surface. Uh, this I is a Johnny card, I think. Yeah, go ahead. Drove of Elves, three in the green for a star star creature with hexproof. Drove of Elves, power and toughness are each equal to the number of green permanents you control. That's a Timmy card. Yeah, it's a Timmy card, not Johnny. So he could be like a 30-30. Woo, jump block. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem with one big creature. Yeah. I mean, like- he will get trampled one way or the other, probably. Um, but I don't know. The hexproof is nice, but it's just one creature. You're trying to go around people. You're going. You're casting a wide net here with yeah. your tokens, not just single big beaters. Yeah. He again. You could give him trample, and maybe he'll do some stuff. I'm not saying he's completely worthless. I just think as a card, would you rather have a card that yeah. has the potential to just continually make you elves? Yeah. Yes, I would definitely want that card. Yeah, definitely. Um, I just think of crackling doom whenever I see cards like this. <laughs> All right, cool. So let's talk about some cards that you might want to add to these decks. Yes. Um, obviously, a uh, card like Fauna Shaman. Yeah. Which is just... Fauna Shaman is a 2-2 creature, and you can pay a green and tap her, and then you discard a card... a creature for, yeah. Discard a creature card from your hand and go find one from your deck and put it into your hand. A creature yep. card only. It's a great tutor. Um, reoccurring it's tutor? Reoccurring tutor, yeah. It's, it's definitely, an elf. It's an elf, yeah. It fits, it fits all the categories you want it to. At the end of the day, you might go and swing in with her, too. Who knows? Yeah, why not? Because you're going to turn into it in 12-12 yeah. with Trample. But let's not kid around. This is a toolbox deck in a lot yeah. of ways. You want to get the creature that gives your guys Trample when he attacks or does, you know, bust them all up. Uh, That's like, a really good point because like I like we stuff. advocated was uh, taking out some of your pump stuff. Mm-hmm. So if your pump stuff is attached to a creature, now you can go find it when you need it. Yeah. So you don't have that problem where you draw a bunch of them and you don't have any creatures. You you put less pump spells in your deck knowing I can go find them when I need them. Yeah, exactly. So very powerful. Um, Fond the Shaman 2 is just sort of a commander staple for any deck running green. Yeah, for uh, sure. Easy to play, easy to use, and always useful. When you look at your opening hand and you see Fond the Shaman in there, it almost makes you breathe a sigh of relief because it's like, great, now I know that whatever I draw, if it's not a good draw, I can just chuck it for something better. Yeah, if I draw, you know, if I need a ramp creature, you know, I need my Birds of Paradise or I need yeah. my, well, in this case, Elvish Mystic. Well, I can just go find it if I don't have it in my opening hand. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, I love this next one. Eladomri, Lord of Leaves. Oh, yeah. Uh, two green mana for a 2-2, a legend. All elves gain Forest Walk. So if anyone has a forest, they're unblockable. Also, you might just give them a forest with Song of the Dryads. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I mean, that's amazing. There's going to be, in a normal game, there'll be at least one or two green players anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and also, elves cannot be the target of spells or abilities. Makes all shroud, your, right? Yep, makes all your dudes have shroud. Dang. Dang, 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 dang. Very dang. strong. You usually are going to drop yeah. uh, Elad Armory and then just kill somebody. Yeah. Somebody who has a forest. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's a super strong. And he's an elf. <clears throat> yeah, anything that says every, <laughs> the yep. word every is just one of my favorite words in magic cards because it's like, guess what? everyone's getting a little buff um, um another card i like is collar of the claw it's a two and a green for an elf creature two two it has looks flash. like a bear in this picture yeah it's a it's an elf wearing a bear outfit yeah he's maybe it's punched uh, someone yeah it's Sirach's, uh great grand elf uncle, <laughs> elf uncle. <laughs> <laughs> when collar of the claw comes into play it has flash by the way put a two two green bear token onto the battlefield 
for each creature put into your graveyard from play this turn. So it's just like uh, non token specifically. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's oh, you're right. It has to be a non token put into your graveyard. Uh, it's just like fresh meat, but only for non tokens. Still, yeah. it's just like like I said, this this deck is going to be really susceptible to board wipes. Yep. So you want a bunch of effects that protect you from board wipes. Nice Along recovery. those lines, uh, Soul of New Phyrexia, another one we talked about. Yes, definitely uh, an auto-include in this deck. Yeah, it gives all your guys indestructible, can also give indestructible from the graveyard. We've talked about it before. Um, yeah. It's another really good card. Yeah. Elvish Promenade, three in a green, tribal sorcery, elf. Not too many tribal sorceries out there. Put a 1-1 one, one green elf warrior creature token into play for each elf you control. Bonkers. Boom. Bonkers. It's like a doubling season, uh, yep. a single-use doubling season. Yep. It's, um, it's, it's, it's insane. You, this is the, one of those cards where you're like, I now have 100 guys on the table. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you guys don't stop this, you're all this. dead. Yeah. yeah. Overrun. Have yep. fun. Uh, two other cards I thought, just to mention, uh, Navinural's Disc and Perilous Vault. It's just nice. um, green just can't duplicate uh, Wrath Effect very well. Um, they mostly can wrath like all flying creatures. They can't usually just clear the board and like. Yeah. Listen, things aren't always going to go as planned. I mean, your plan is to play most of your stuff out on the table and have a big board presence. Mm-hmm. And so it seems like, oh, I don't want any wraths in my deck. But you know, you just get in a situation your draw is not great, or somebody already wrathed or whatever. And like, in order to have any chance to come back in the game, you need to hit the reset button. Yeah. And so having the ability to have a couple of cards in your deck that get you out of situations no other cards can get you out of is very powerful. And and those two cards are kind of your only options. Um, you know, anyway, artifact-based board wrath. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you're not going to have too many options otherwise. Because like, even Wave of Vitriol is not going to get rid of creatures. Right. Um, Bellowing Tangleworm. Three and two green, five for a four-four with Intimidate. Other creatures, green creatures you control have Intimidate. Yeah. And that means it can't be blocked except by artifact creatures or creatures that share a color with it. So, I it's mean, another one of those cards you drop it, kill everybody. Drop it, kill everyone. Yeah. You just want different ways. And that's the thing is like, because sometimes trample might not be enough, honestly. You know? Yeah. I would say usually it is. It's just like any form of evasion, though. Yeah. So, evasion's very important. Yeah. Um, Bellowing Tangleworm is just one of those guys that just does it on the stick. Um, another guy I really like I, that I think is an all include in most uh, green decks is Yavamaya Elder. Mm um it's uh when he's put into a graveyard from play you can search your library for two basic land cards and put them in your hand and you can just sacrifice them for two mana and draw a card so you sacrifice them draw a card and then you get to get more lands. he doesn't cost you a card three for one yep yep pretty great um eternal witness another card i really like it's an elf and it has regrowth on it so it's a it's a creature that comes into play and you get to pull a a card out of your graveyard yeah yep any card doesn't have to be a creature and put it into your hand so that's just a way to Grab your overrun again, although if you played overrun and you didn't win, then you did it wrong. Um, <laughs> but, you know, a key creature, a key card. Yeah, we should talk uh, about that strategy, that's gonna by the save way. You. Don't play overrun until you win. <laughs> yeah, don't ever just overrun, hit you for 17, go. Yeah. <laughs> that's just, don't do that. What like, a just, waste of your card, yeah. Yeah, just hold overrun until you're literally at least going to kill one player, but hopefully kill all players. Yeah. yeah. Uh, another great card, Dolmen Gate, two-drop artifact, prevent all combat damage that would be dealt to attacking creatures you control. Uh, just another way to make sure that your creatures don't die when they fly in. Because sometimes it's like, I only have 42 twos. It's enough to kill everyone, but you know this person blocks like half of them. It's going to be really hard for me to recover if they do something that essentially wipes my board a little bit. Or they block really effectively somehow. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, it's also a card I would put in the deck like Kalia because you don't want her dying when she swings in, you know. Um, um, a card you have on here that I like is uh, Uvenwald Tracker. Oh, yeah. It's uh, Its ability is you tap one green and tap it and target creature 
you control fights another target creature. It's just green has real trouble just like getting rid of stuff. Getting rid of like one specific creature. It doesn't have a lot of spot removal. Yeah. So this just covers you in an area that you're weak already. So it's just a card that does something that you wouldn't normally be able to do in green. Yeah. Uh, Lurking Predators, an enchantment for four green green. Whenever an opponent plays a spell, reveal your top card. If it's a creature, put it on the battlefield. Otherwise, you can scry it. You know, I don't like this card in this deck specifically as much as I ah. would in a lot of green decks. And here's why. In an elf deck, your cards are cheap. Right. Most of your elves are two and three, maybe even one mana cost. This is good in a normal green monster deck where you're playing the big drops, the eights, right. the nines, the tens. You're just not going to have as many of those in this deck. I just like the idea that in a big game, you're going to have so many people playing spells that if you're just able to get, like by the time it comes back to you, it says though you've taken three turns. You know, it's almost like you have card draw plus a uh, scry ability. It is plus, some card advantage. Yeah I, I, yeah, I agree with that. I just think it's not used to its full potential here. It's not really cheating mana cost right. image. It's still good. I, I don't know. I just, I think I would rather have another elf. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes total sense. Um, and let's not forget Nikthos, Shrine to Nyx. Yep. Just every one of these wants it. This one wants it even more than the black deck because it just has more permanence. Yeah. yeah. So it's just very, very strong. And you want mana so badly mm-hmm. uh, just to activate all these activated abilities you've got. You know, you're going to make more elves. You're going to pump your elves. You're going to, yeah. you know, do all Nyxos- kinds of curiously isn't as good because your elf tokens don't have mana symbols on them but but you're still playing a bunch still of creatures bunch and of you're playing creatures, them early yeah. too yeah you know exactly. your creatures are two drops one drops three drops you know you're doing it stuff at a time when a lot of commander decks are doing nothing yeah and so you could be there sitting there on turn five Making with like 30 seven pips out yeah and it's just that's just five free mana right there yeah. you know so it's Nick very auto include in yeah. all these decks for sure uh and of course worldly tutor Oh, yeah. Never go wrong with it. Just go find a creature card, put it on the top of your library. Yeah. Um, again, it's a toolboxy deck. So, yeah. Um, all right. This is just a start. Like, there's just, it's impossible to cover everything you could do with these monocolored decks. But, man, I like the green one a lot. I like it a lot, too. Um, I think I like the red one the most just because it calls to my Just because you're Jimmy the Red. Yeah. yeah. But I think if I had to go into a competitive environment, I think green would be my choice. Yeah. It's I'd... got toolboxy stuff for a lot of different situations. I, I think... Which is so uncommon for green, too, being able to do board wipes, like Wave of Vitriol. Like, what? <laughs> wave of Vitriol. Oh. I I really like the green deck. I don't know if I'm ready to say that it's my favorite, but it's it's up there. I haven't broken down the other three decks uh, yeah. as as much yet. So when we get to those, we'll talk about it. But yeah. it's very strong. I, I do like it. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about a couple other things here. Yeah, definitely. For all of those still with us. Yeah. So thanks for listening to this podcast. I think this, I like the the theme that this one goes to, which is kind of like, Hey, here's, here's how to take something and introduce yourself to the format and also make yourself competitive as yeah. competitive as you want, or have as much fun as you want. Cause these decks are highly themed, highly tribal and wizards has done a great job making them all based in the color pies and the, in a lot of ways. And also just sort of stretching out of it in a, bit, a lot of ways too. You know, a question we get asked a lot too is like, how do I start, into commander or what's a cheap way yeah. to get into commander or you know a lot of a lot of people you know understandably are just worried about the cost magic is an expensive hobby yeah um you know and this is a super good way it's not very expensive um you know one of the things we wanted to recommend was uh, a, a lot of your lgs's they may based on the the prices in the secondary market of, of the individual cards within mm-hmm. the pre-con decks they may you know these may slip and slide on the price scale at a local gaming store. But if you go to your major retailers... Oh, yeah, you'll find them at MSRP. Yeah, you'll find them at fixed price points, and that's a lot of times the best place to get these 
these decks. Um, yeah. You know, we used to go find Mind Seas when it was like <laughs> 75 bucks at my local gaming store, and I would walk into a major retailer and find it for 30 bucks. Yeah. You that's know? that's such a pro tip when it comes to buying yeah. cards. I love you it. You just pull out the true name ne- Nemesis, go sell that, and get your 30 bucks back, and everything <laughs> else was free. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's a, that's a good tip. Um, uh, these are really good, cheap ways to get involved in Commander. And yeah. like, man, I really want to do this in our play group, and I, I, I want to... If you guys try it out there, let us know how it goes. But get five people in our playgroup. Everybody play get one of the pre-guns. The and just don't change it at all. Rip it open, shuffle it up, go. Go, yeah. Yeah, and just play them that way. I think that'd be really fun. I'm um, down to do that next weekend if you're around. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, I love these decks. I'm very excited. I'm so happy that Wizards just embraced Commander with Open Arms. Yeah, they're really, they're really like noticing us, right? Yeah. They're really like making product for us. In fact, they're making... You know, instead of going the way where they're making less product, they're actually making more product. So yeah. this is a a part of um, the Magic community where they really are starting to notice. So, you know, let them know what you think. Tell them when you like it. You know, keep listening to our podcast. Keep listening to other podcasts about it. Talk about Commander. Like, that is the way that Wizards will keep making, like, awesome product like yeah. this for us. Yeah. And paying attention. And also, like, find friends to play with. This this I feel like this is a really great way to jump in. It's a great way to introduce people to the game of Magic. Yeah, yeah. monocolored, very you know you don't have com- super complex interactions, yep. but yep. you can make it complex. But you know it's all there. All the baseline is there. Yeah, it's it's great. All right, all right let's talk about VGHS. Yeah, video game high school. The episode, episode four. Oh my gosh! If you guys have watched episode four already. <laughs> Um, um, we play Magic the Gathering the entire episode. It's very mundane. <laughs> no, no. Serious stuff happens in this episode. It's my uh, my magnum opus of acting, I guess. It is It is your your acting coming out party. It's pretty amazing. If you guys haven't watched uh, episode four yet, go watch it. If you have, you're probably still trying to gather yourself. <laughs> um, I'm still trying to gather myself yeah. months after filming it. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Uh, so that, there's only two episodes left. Two episodes uh, left, and they are both epic. And oh, yeah. Episode it, six is insanity it's like an hour long it's like a major motion picture yeah i mean not just length i mean in in epicness epicness yeah some of the scenes are just like oh yeah that's just a scene in the beginning of the episode but it took us like two days to shoot it it's some of the scenes in the beginning of six are bigger than the final scenes in the other seasons yeah oh yeah absolutely yeah i mean as far as like just production uh value yeah so you can check that all of that out again at rocketjump.com and you can buy the whole season as well in like 4k high def like the top quality it looks amazing looks amazing yeah. yeah um so yeah make sure you guys check that out uh josh edited the trailer did a lot of help with the promo work i'm in it and it's just a fun show i think if you like magic if you like just in general stuff in this world you're gonna like the show too. i mean we've talked about it before but it is literally this is not hyperbole the biggest web series in the world on the planet yeah like there's yeah. nothing else like it so when you hear web series you think like you know small production blah, blah, blah. this is yeah. not this is like a tv show Yep. You know, it's bigger than most TV shows. Um, so anyway, okay, we pushed it enough. Yeah. Masters of Modern, yeah. our good friends. Oh, I'm sad because Glenn Jones just had his uh, last episode. Yeah, but I'm happy because he is moving to Wizards. So. I know. Congratulations, Glenn. Yeah, congrats. Oh, I'm sad for me, happy for Glenn. That's yeah, I mean. exactly. Yeah. I'm sad for me as a listener, too. Um, I'm happy for me in our playgroup, though, because he won't be kicking my butt all the geez. time. Jeez. So Glenn, Glenn <laughs> brought in this dredge deck. He's like, yeah, I just made this for fun. Uh, and he started playing it, and... Of course, his turns, like a true spike, took, I don't know, five minutes He's like, oh, let me look through my graveyard. There's 90 cards in it. Hold on. Oh, I want to play this. I want to play that. Stretch oh, this. Stretch that. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And <laughs> I don't even know how he won half the time because half the cards, I just don't play with dredge that often. So yeah. every time he said dredge, I'm like, I don't even know what you're dredging in there. And I know you're playing honestly and truthfully. Uh, 
but I'm so confused. It was a fun game, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Super fun. It's not a real, like, oppressive deck. He's just no, doing exactly. his stuff. And we'd be like, board wipe. He'd be like, okay, start over. Yeah. You know, worm harvest or whatever. Yeah. It's, it's, um, yeah, we'll miss it. It's him. great. It introduces we'll you to a new kind of playing that I just wasn't familiar with, and I'm always grateful for that because I think it levels me up as a player as well. So, Glenn, you will be missed, but uh, Masters of Modern will roll on. Uh, Alex yeah. is going to have uh, some new hosts on there. We're probably going to show up on there from mm-hmm. time to time. Um, it's just a great source for Modern. Uh, it's really interesting. An uh, awesome format. Yeah. Tons of really cool archetypes in there. Plus, you learn a lot about cards that you may not know about, and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, I'm like, you know, while they're talking about its use in modern, I'm thinking, well, oh, geez, that'll slot right into this EDH deck. Yeah. So or I sounded even, all uh, North Dakota there. Yeah, they're a little oh, Fargo. Geez. Oh, geez. Oh, geez. Oh, yeah, slot some oh, cards in, yeah. I just think I'm going to puke. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only quote I know from that movie. I love that movie. <laughs> it's um, so awesome. Also, one of the things I really appreciate about being able to listen to, like, constructor resources, Masters of Modern, limited resources, is that you're able to evaluate cards in each vacuum, and being able to understand why a card works well in one format helps you understand why it doesn't work or works great in another one as well. Yeah, that's a really and, good point. And it's a great way to be able to look at cards. And like you can have a nice critical eye when it comes to evaluating cards thanks to expanding your just general breadth of knowledge. Now, if so. I could just learn how to play those cards correctly. Yeah, learn to play good was the, uh, <laughs> Gotta the, learn to play good. the phrase of the week at GPLA because <laughs> we kept doing stuff. And they'd be like, you know, you can take that back. And we're like, no, learn to play good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to ourselves, I mean, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, last thing on the docket, I'm uh, running an Indiegogo campaign right now. Now for a I can't believe comedy. we haven't talked about this yet. I know, yeah. To all of our viewers and listeners, thank you guys. Uh, if you have contributed, if you like musical comedies like Fly of the Concords, Dr. Horrible Sing-Along Blog, or Tenacious D, uh, this show will fit right in with all of those. Um, we're essentially trying to make a six-part, 90-minute web series that is reminiscent of your favorite musical comedies, sort of from Broadway to what Fly of the Concords and Dr. Horrible did. Fly of the Concords is awesome. So Yeah, it's super I'm awesome. In. Yeah, and I mean, the big thing is we're also doing a sweepstake where you can win either a brand new car or a brand new jet ski. Yes, he said or, I guess, you can win a brand ski. new car. You did not hear that wrong. He said you can win a brand yeah. new car. A car that's worth $14,000 could be yours for as little as a $10 raffle ticket or a sweepstake ticket. I'm sorry, it's not a raffle. That's And the second possibility is not so bad a jet ski yeah jet ski Jeez. i almost want the jet ski more than the car i know i i would honestly take because i have a car but I, I just don't want the jet ski because you were riding around naked on it i know in my flesh-colored underwear uh, <laughs> but for some people i guess it's increased the value which is great <laughs> not creepy at all not creepy at all uh so uh, if you want to find out more about the musical comedy what you could win and honestly right now it, the chances of you winning are astronomically better than any other sweepstakes you might enter into because there are like I think only like a hundred or so donors into the campaign so far. Yeah, that's gonna go up, but you're not gonna be against like a hundred thousand people to win that yeah, car. Yeah, exactly. You're gonna be it might be like a thousand people to win that car. Like that's pretty freaking good odds for your ten dollars. Yeah. So check out the show notes. Uh, you can also go look up Band Aid uh, Indiegogo, and that should be the top result. Or just go to igg.me/at/bandaid. It's all there. The campaign is running for 29 days from the release of this podcast. So we are in the official 30-day stretch. We're getting there. Uh, And, you know, I just want to give away stuff and make a cool show. So if you are interested at all, not even in the show, but even in just winning a car potentially, I think it's definitely worth your time to check it out. Well, yeah, and I, but I think don't sell yourself short there, man. Like, <laughs> you, Jimmy, you've been part of like some really awesome content out there, not just the show, VJHS, a lot of other stuff. So I think supporting people making content that you like, you know, it's not a, it's not a huge price tag. Um, 
to just support that kind of stuff. I mean, you want content out there that you can consume, right? Yeah. And this is a way to be part of it, to help enable it, to help encourage it, help help it grow. Like, uh, there's just a lot of upside to doing that. I would encourage everybody, you know, go on Indiegogo and uh, not just Jimmy's project, but other projects too. Kickstarter, Indiegogo. Like yeah. sometimes, sometimes like literally, I'm just having a bad day, and uh, I'll just go on one of those sites and I'll just like pick one at random and just give some money to somebody. Just five ten bucks yeah. and it's like hey man i'm having a bad day but i can help make this person's dreams come true yeah and you get usually you get some kind of benefit from it and i know a lot of people are also like they've been scorned by kickstarter like this game didn't go through or whatever yeah. uh, i think we have a pretty solid track record we made three seasons of video game high school uh using crowdfunding um, there's so much experience like making the content the content comes out the content looks great you yeah. don't have to worry that it's not going to happen yeah exactly yeah this yeah. this project is going to happen so yeah, it's not one of those things where you pick a project and it's like, well, I could just be throwing my money. You know, I could just be lighting it on fire. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I'm not. This thing is going to happen. So, yeah. yeah and definitely. we have a ton of upside, too. If you're a musician, we're offering, like, music classes at pretty competitive rates to what you might pay for a personal tutor anywhere else. Uh, and we're going to give you a lot more individual attention because you're a backer of the show. So, you know, lots of good stuff there. Be sure to check it out. All right. Thank you, guys. We'll have uh, reviews of the other three pre-con decks. Uh, we'll probably split that up into two more shows. And uh, yeah, my girlfriend is telling me to wrap it up. We're getting a countdown. Three, two, two one. Peace See you out. guys next week. Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. <laughs> Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.